Yeah, I could be a butcher in Windsor. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, August 19th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination. This is episode 346. This is No Agenda. Smack in the middle of the landscape that Rover Curiosity loves so much. From Albuquerque, in the great state of New Mexico. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where our east meets west, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. What do you mean, east meets west? What do you mean, what do I mean? Yeah, what do you mean? It's where east meets west. Not in Silicon Valley. Yeah, have you ever been to Silicon Valley? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been around. There's a lot of Indians here. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I was thinking Gitmo Nation. But There's you're... a lot of Chinese here. Oh, right. Well, that makes sense. <sighs> hey, John, I'm in Albuquerque. Hey, it's kind of Albuquerque is the crap hole of New Mexico. Oh, that is you so should... that is so unfair and so wrong of you to say. You should be in Santa Fe. That is the tourist trap of New Mexico. I didn't say it wasn't. <laughs> Let me, uh, can I give you an update on the uh, 2009 tour, as we've had some uh, interesting developments along the way. Oh, interesting developments, Interesting developments, indeed. Okay. And last time we spoke was... Wait, wait, let me get, can I guess a couple of things first? I, uh, if it's really a guess, flat tire. Flat tire. Um, let me think. Was it flat tire? No, not flat tire. No, no. Thank we're you sorry. Want. You have two more guesses if you wish to wager, Mister Dvorak. Uh, you're still uh, on the board uh, for three hundred points. Gasket. A blown? Is it a blown head gasket? Survey says. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Uh, no. Uh, uh, septic tank overflow. Septic tank overflow. Can we see septic tank overflow? Oh, I'm so no, sorry. I'm that, it is still a possibility, though. We're not out of the woods. Uh, you know, l- let me start by saying, it, I think, I had this with my airplane. You saw my airplane, right? You saw it when it uh, when it was at Oakland Airport? Yeah, yeah, you had it in a hangar. Yeah, before we ate it, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't flew it once. <laughs> and then it's like goodbye. But I love that aircraft. I've been through a lot with that aircraft. And I think I'm getting the same I don't know if this is possible, this is weird. Can you actually start to love your truck? Is that possible? That you, oh yeah. I mean, I love this truck. <laughs> I love my truck. I really do. This truck What is, is it? What is it, Adam? What kind of a truck might it be? It's a Dodge. It's a Dodge Ram. Well, funny you should ask, John. 2002 Dodge Ram 1500 Sport with four doors and the shortened bed. That's right. Uh, no, Which, by uh, the way, to me, is the dorkiest-looking truck in the world. But go on. Oh, man. Shh. Cover Sally's ears. I don't want her to hear that. And I'm really starting to love this truck. Uh, it said, now I'm really, we really understand each other. So we left Moab, Utah after the show on uh, Thursday. Uh, you know, kind of snuck out so none of the Dutch people would be able to take pictures of us for the gossip magazines to show our pathetic little setup. They'd probably be like, ha, 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 that is such a dorky truck. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we drove, uh, so we're kind of on our way back. And uh, instead of taking I-70 through Colorado, which uh, would seem uh, repetitious and uh, repetitious in boring, we uh, decided to go a different route, as suggested by uh, Chad uh, Christian, who who turned out to be a great, you know, when you're traveling, you got some internet connection. Traveling is great if if you've got people all around the country, like we do on the show. you You get such great recommendations of places to go. A couple of dogs, too, but Chad has pretty much steered us right. 
And um, he suggested we camp overnight in Ure, Colorado. Are you familiar with Ure? Yeah, it's one of those uh, t- uh, small village-like communities that that pepper the Rocky Mountains in the state of Colorado, Telluride, Aspen, I would put in that category. No, and, oh no, no, Aspen's very different from Ure. Well, no, I'm just saying these small towns peppering the place. Some of them are more popular than others. Yeah. Well, but I looked at Ure, and I didn't even see that they had a Main Street. They do. In fact, it's called um, Main Street. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, but Ure is in what they call the Switzerland of America. And I have to say, having been to Switzerland, the way the mountains are in Ure is just stunning. So beautiful. There's a campground up in the uh, National Park uh, Amphitheater campground, uh, which is up. You know, now we're talking we're, uh, almost 9,000 feet. And it really is, you know, in an amphitheater building. You see down into the valley, and this, this oh, this is where this is where you decide to stop smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's Wednesday when we get home, uh, <laughs> just before the next show. Um, this is where Ayn Rand finished uh, Atlas Shrugged, and a lot of uh, Ure uh, it was inspiration for Galt's Gulch. Hello. Uh, you've lost me. No, you do. You were do, you were doing something else. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Atlas By Ayn Rand. Oh, that elitist writer that th- thought everyone who was you know better than everyone else should run things, and the other people should just be useless slaves. That you know, that you know, it's thing. really interesting because, and I, I figured this had to be there had to be some kind of. Um, universal reason that we were there, and this is the Atlas Shrug Town. Oh no! And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm reading all these news reports, and everyone. I think, um, first of all, anyone who has not read Atlas Shrugged and is commenting on it, uh, like yourself, uh, I've read Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, but you when, tested me and I passed. Yeah, but when did you read it? How long ago was it? And in what mind frame were you? It's a, I read her other book too, and I've saw, seen. I've had it with her. Let me just say something. When and Paul Ryan <laughs> is a big Atlas Shrugged nut, yeah, and but, I have a clip well, hold to back on. you up. <laughs> Not to back me up. I want to say something. I'm backing you up. I'm you got your back. <laughs> All right. What's your what's your what's your what's your clip? Okay, now unfortunately I don't have the clips open. Uh, uh, John Nichols on Paul Ryan? Yeah, no. that's it. <laughs> okay, I have something else to say, but we'll listen to you. It's a long clip, apparently. It starts off with, 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 with Anne Rand. <laughs> okay. Anne Rand. Uh, she, is a, uh, she was a Russian immigrant, uh, family supposedly dispossessed by the Russian Revolution, came to the United States, and throughout her writing career was a militant opponent of what she called collectivism, but really what she meant was government, and beyond that, a critic even of uh, helping your neighbor. She said that selfishness must be the central organizing precept of your life, and that the most important thing was to take care of yourself, don't worry about others. Now, Paul Ryan started reading Ayn Rand as a very uh, young man, has read all of her books. He has appeared at Ayn Rand uh, celebrations and events. <laughs> he cut a video in which he said that in, in these times, this was a video cut about two years ago, um, one of the most important things people can do is to read Ayn Rand. It's a, said it's one of the best ways to respond to Obama's election. Anyway, i, I got to interrupt this for a minute. This is a long clip. Here's what I wanted to say, John. When did you read 
Atlas Shrugged. I'm not talking about her other books. I'm not talking about her philosophy. When did you read Atlas Shrugged? Did you read that first, or did you have an opinion before that? No, no, that? the first book I read by her was... First, I had an opinion of her before I read anything by well, her. Well, this is, um, this I, is unfortunate. I was in college... Yeah, this, is unfor- this is unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Well, let me just... You, you don't know that. It may be fortunate. I don't think so. <laughs> Listening to how you respond, I don't think it's fortunate. But okay. Well, it could be. Well, tell me, when did you read it? You read it in college. No, no, here, let me back, let me give you the whole story. Uh-huh. I was, when I was in college, I had a roommate who was an Ayn Rand nut. He had two books, uh, books. He, was a, a, he was an objectivist, he was part of the club, he, he had that series of newsletters that they sent out. Okay. He, we, all he did was read that, uh, Ayn Rand books, and uh, uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Influence Friends, and you know, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I thought this, and the guy was kind of, you know, weirdo. Well, he so, was a nut, apparently. I, He's pre, you have preconceived notions about so, him so, already. So, uh, maybe nut. a few years later, I sat down in one sitting, by the way, it's the only time I've ever what? read a book. Did like, you eat? Did you poop? How can you? I, that's impossible to read that I book in one sitting. I sat down in one sitting. sitting and read The Fountainhead in one oh, sitting. Oh, The Fountainhead. Yeah, but that doesn't count. It's the, the same fa- book. No, it's. I haven't read The Fountainhead. I don't know well, if it's then, the same book. How can you judge? <sighs> and if you're such an Anne Rand fanatic, no, no, how can I'm you not. haven't read all of her stuff like I, because, Paul Ryan Because has? I'm not. I want you to listen to what I have to say without interruption for a moment. It's impossible. I know, I know. I'm not. A, I'm not saying I'm an Ayn Rand fan. I'm saying Atlas Shrugged. The book Atlas Shrugged. I took from a whole different perspective than what I'm reading from other incredibly smart elitist people, who all say exactly what you said. That apparently, you know, the rich we can't do without them. Screw everybody else. That's not how I read the book. I I got a whole different takeaway. I read the book when I was forty-four, so a little bit later in life. Not in your college years when you're you know and i've never even heard of objectivism i didn't know objectivism didn't know anything about it the way i took the book was that the government was screwing up the entire universe and this was the only way to accelerate the collapse to get things back to normal i didn't take it from this perspective oh you can't do without us rich people running everything which is what i'm hearing i have just a totally different take on this book and i'm surprised that you saw it from that way, that perspective, basically the leftist progressive perspective, as you would call it. I'm surprised by that, that you didn't see the other side of the book. Maybe you should reread it. She's hard to read. Well, I'd say, anyway, go on. Well, that, that very, was very, very difficult. To read. Once you become a professional writer, mm-hmm. you have trouble reading certain people because they're it just it makes you cringe. It's, and you were a professional like, writer when you read this. You were already a no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But can you? I, see, I was when I read Atlas Shrugged. Can you see my perspective on the book, though? That it's different. No, 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 not, not the least. <laughs> we will have to disagree on this. But I, I, I encourage anyone who is talking about Atlas Shrugged right now in the media. I just like to know when did you read it and in what mindset were you? Okay, now I, I think your your position is valid. Finish your story. Well, so uh, the only gripe I had about watching, you know, going through Ure. And knowing that this was the inspiration for Galt's Gulch, I was like, no way did she land a plane here. That's what I was thinking. That's oh, the- <laughs> why? You just said that was it? That's the punchline? <laughs> I'm just saying. You, well, you took me into a whole clip that I didn't want to hear. <laughs> All right. So then we can. And now, um, it's, oh, witch. now this is very important. This is very important. We're in. Uh, Ure, then we go on to, what's after Ure? Um, uh, Starts before, with a P. 
Actually, it might start with a P. Uh, another famous Colorado town. <sighs> um, oh, Durango. Oh, Durango. Durango. So we stop in Durango for lunch. And it's you're st- driving a Dodge Durango. No, I'm not driving a Dodge Durango. <laughs> and it starts hailing. And by the way, we have this fantastic lunch at the Cypress Cafe, another recommendation. This is all the good. Can you get off the main street? You, someone tells you where to go. We had a dynamite lunch. It's raining. It's hailing. There's, you know, there's wind. There's storm. And it's, it was pretty cool. We wait until that dies down a little bit. And then we drive on, and we're on our way to Albuquerque, and we get gas in Cuba, New Mexico. Now, I'd like you to get the map, John, just so you can see what happened after this. This I have to yelp. <laughs> yelp. Let me, just, let me Google. Cyper- Hold on, let me get the Google Maps. going to take a second. Are you doing Cypress Cafe, or are you going to do go straight ba- back on to Cuba? I'm going to Cuba, New Mexico. Cuba, New Mexico, which is wait, on Wait, the- wait, wait, wait. Give me a break here. Let me get this I'm, thing I'll, up. I'll, I'll embellish a bit. That's on uh, Route 550. And what you typically do is you take route... I'm seeing it. I can, I'm on the map. You're on the map. I see Route 550. You're in the mountains. Right. So you... And you're coming in. There's a green valley, and then you hit Cuba. Right. And then typically you'd go all the way down to Route 25, and then you're off to New Mexico, right? Uh, not off to Albuquerque. Well, I'm not zoomed out far enough uh, to see. It's okay. Stay right where you are in Cuba. Okay. And And uh, so we get some gas... And uh, this is a. I think I have a picture of the gas station here. <laughs> you might. I think there's one gas station. That's the one. There's no internet connection. There's cell phone, but no data connection. And uh, the guy in front of me, well, actually, we pulled up and we're waiting for him to get gas, and he sees us and uh, he gets back in his car, pulls up. So, you know, that's really nice, you know, so we can pull up and, uh, and we don't have to wait for him to fill up. And he says, well, I couldn't let a pretty little lady wait. I'm like, yeah. He was talking about Mickey, I hope. I hope so, too. But you never know in northern New Mexico. Hey, 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 easy. And uh, and then he says, uh, where y'all headed? I'm like, we're going down south to Albuquerque. He says, road's out. I said, what? Road's out? Well, what do you mean? Yep, propane uh, truck overturned. Uh, road's out, closed down, traffic's backing up, mile marker 29. And well, I that said, was pro, that was nice that he told you. That this. was very nice. And I said, and so, are there ways of routing around? Well, that? well, hold on a second. So um, now, of course, it's the rain is following us. The rain is now it's starting to come down in uh, in Cuba. And I said, well, what do you what do you think? He said, well, this just happened. It's Friday. He says they're probably going to let the propane tank burn out. Eight thousand gallons of propane. So I'm like, that's going to take a while. I said, is there a way around it? And he says. Well, yeah, you can take 126 down to 4 through the mountains, but I don't know if it you know, just rains or, you know. And uh, we're like, cool, we're going to do that. So, so you're uh, going to take to 128? 126. 126 through Fenton Lake State Park? Yes. You see it on the map? Oh, yeah. Now, do you see that I would never take this road. <laughs> do you see that there's a 20-mile stretch that is unpaved? No, it doesn't show that. <laughs> so... So we're and, and so we get. Did he mention that to you? He, no. He, what he said was, "I don't know with the rain in the mountains." That's kind of that was his kind of warning, which we didn't quite understand. <laughs> so we're now Mickey. By the way, is a great map reader, and of course, at this point, my Google Maps is useless because I can't get a route because it has no data connection. Right. That's the, that's the drawback to the cloud. Well, uh, Mickey has one of those. We have to download the maps, and uh, so she hadn't yet downloaded. Old school. Yeah, but she hadn't yet downloaded New Mexico, uh, or it had, the download had stopped somewhere, so she she didn't have that. But we had, of course, paper maps, 
And she's looking at the map. She's really good at this. She's just like, well, looks like we had a piece of, um, what does this say? And we're, we're seeing signs saying, unpassable in inclement weather. <laughs> and it's it's raining. It's like, it's coming down horizontal. <laughs> and, but we're on a nice paved road. And it's beautiful, John. This this national park is so... We, I mean, we're literally 10 minutes from the gas station. We're in paradise, besides that it's raining. And it looks really beautiful. And, of course, we're now seeing cars coming from the other direction who had come up Route 4 going around this accident up to 126 the other way. And we're driving, and all of a sudden, we're on the unpaved road, which is no longer a road at this point. It's three or four inches of mud. And so I'm hauling 6,000 pounds of trailer. Wow. Uh, I, this I, is your story. Yeah, yeah. So I put Sally into four-wheel drive. Oh, you have four-wheel drive. That's yes, right. Yeah. That's valuable in this situation. Very. Uh, we would have not made it. But there are people no. literally, like, passing us, making the turnaround signal, and and people saying, stopping, going, hey, man, you should camp. You should you set up camp. Don't go any further. It's horrible. It's terrible. You'll never make it. And so we're kind of debating what we should and of do. Of course, you paid no attention to these people. <laughs> well, well, not really, because I'm still doing good. You know, there's, well, you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. <clears throat> there's this road uh, where you have to stop to let someone else pass. You know, so it actually it's kind of nice because people common, are real, yeah. real courteous. And and then some good old boys in a pickup truck stop, and they say, "How's it looking?" I say, uh, "Well, I got through it with this trailer." He said, "How was it up there?" He said, "He looks at me and goes." Nah, you'll be all right. <laughs> and that was enough for me. It was the good old New Mexico boys who sized... Yeah, as long as he wasn't saying that laughing. No, he sized me up. He looked at the trailer. He looked at Sally and went, yeah, no, you'll be all right. It took us about two hours doing uh, an average probably 10 miles an hour. And, oh, God. And, the, and you know, uh, it was pretty much easy, but when you're going downhill... Oh, yeah. That's when it gets tricky because... The trailer is essentially a big boulder pushing you down the hill. <laughs> so, I don't, have you seen the pictures? No, I haven't. <clears throat> I sent you an email. I mean, God yeah. forbid you read it. There's a, a couple of pictures on the Flickr website. I mean, this tr- the truck is caked. The tr- The bin is caked. There is mud inside the bin. I don't know how it got in. Uh, <laughs> Mud does that. Yeah, so um, so we're about only really late, only delayed us by about an hour. We rolled into New Mexico at uh, around ten o'clock, and Mickey's and oh by the way, so we were on one hundred twenty six, and Mickey calls uh, uh, Jeff, our uh, our host, who's also uh, arranging the meetup, um, uh, Jeff uh, Tuhig, and uh, and he's at, still at work, and she's saying, well, we're going on Route one hundred twenty six. And, you know, and he's looking at the map and he's there with his coworkers and they're like, oh my God, they're not really going to do that. And then, of course, they lose contact with us. Because <laughs> hey, well, you, before you get, hello, hello. And they figured if they hadn't heard from us by midnight, they were going to go out and search for us. <laughs> that's, that's what this road was like. Well, I'm looking at the pictures of the mud on your, on the, uh, on the Durango. <laughs> it's not a Durango. It's a Ram. It's not that bad. It's mm. not like you're really, you know, inundated with mud. It's just a, some on the running boards. Well, I think the, the whole car is gray. No, no, no. Oh, anyway, it, it was quite exciting, um, and um, so we, so you know, we're we're finally on Route 25. We're about uh, 15 minutes away from Jeff's house, 
And uh, Mickey calls and says, oh, I'm happy to hear from you because, you know, didn't know if we had to come and rescue you. Can I get you anything? Yeah. Jack Daniels. So we uh, we arrive, we drink half a bottle of Jack, fall asleep. You still have hookers and blow on the side of this truck. Well, interesting you mentioned that um, because we, uh, so Jeff lives in a kind of a barn. It's a great house. You know, we arri- you, know, you know how you arrive at someone's house and on this trip, we're, you know, we're kind of like, oh man, you know, we don't know what it's going to be like, where we're going to be sleeping. You know, we've had interesting experiences. Um, and his house is clean, it's pristine, everything's in its place, it's really, you know, it's a nice bachelor pad, um, you know, beautiful outside terrace, you know, he's got a, a loft bed, so we're like, oh, this is paradise. Uh, but he's behind another house, uh, which is uh, the new tenants coming in, but the landlord, uh, the landlady said, go ahead, you can park the bin in the driveway so it's not out on the street. And she was here yesterday while we're backing up the bin. We got it in the driveway. And, uh, you know, she's she's real nice. And then, you know, but then she comes out with a bucket and a sponge. She says, yeah, I'm going to take the hookers and blow off your car because that I can't have that in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, we appeased her. I'm like, all right, no, don't worry about it. I'll take it off. So that's the end of the hookers and blow. Hooker, hookers and blow is off. Yeah. The JCD well, here is still you didn't there. Get pulled over by the police. But we still have slave and two to the head on the on the bin. That's all there. Um. So then, uh, uh, <laughs> and so then uh, about hookers and blow for some unknown reason. I don't in that know. Part of I can't. Be- I don't understand country. it. I don't understand. I don't know what it is either. Hmm. So one uh, of our one of our early night or dames. Sent an email in years ago, a couple, two, three years ago, saying she was she was slightly upset about us ever say, continuing to say hookers and blow, mm-hmm. and uh, she, but she was under the impression that the blow part was like a uh, was fellatio. like, bl- like blowjob. Uh, no, well, it, no, it, nothing as bad as that. It's only cocaine, <laughs> right? Not, not something as horrible as fellatio. We wouldn't we wouldn't participate in that kind of talk. So I just wonder what the they must have a different perspective in general in uh, in that I know I've known a lot of people that have moved to New Mexico uh-huh. and some of them have fallen in love with the place and they stay there and it's really a great place if you like lightning and other people have been <laughs> rousted by the locals. Um, I have to say uh, it's really nice. Uh, we've had nothing but great experiences. Um, uh, Jeff had one of his uh, uh, colleagues from work come over, Alex, and uh, he's uh, studying to be an electrician. And so he dismantled the 240 outlet and made it 120. And we got uh, uh, extended cord for our uh, for a direct Ethernet connection. He uh, actually uh, Jeff had a whole new DSL installed just for our visit. So you know it's, it's been everyone's been really great, very hospitable. Here's the one thing I will say. So I find out, find out once we arrive that the minute we left um, Colorado, torrential rains, uh, uh, Utah, torrential rains in southern Utah. We drive through Colorado, there's hail. We drive through New Mexico, roads are washed out. In fact, the commuter train has been washed out for four days because of the rain. I know why this is happening. The weather machine. It's that damn, damn rain stick. Oh, the rain stick you brought. We rolled out the rain stick in Utah, and all of a sudden, rain has been following well, pull it out again and no. shake it some more. No, Come no, on. no, no, no. I'm going to do it on... Uh, no, I, I have a theory now. My theory is the rain... You're going to st- do it in Texas. Yes. My theory is the rain stick really works. We have to do it on the show. It doesn't just work if you're shaking it around. 
No, but, it needs to be on the internet. It, no, it has to be on the best podcast in the universe. That's when it works. All right. Well, we'll do that when you get back to Austin. You can shake it and shake it, and we'll see what we'll happens. We'll see if Texas. we can. We'll see if we can make it rain. I, I have a feeling that this thing is magical. Huh? Could uh, be an artifact. <laughs> it could Where, be. It could Warehouse be, thirteen is back on the air. It could be magical. Um, just to. Um, to wrap this up, so uh, we had a great lunch. Oh, I've learned some uh, cu- some culinary knowledge. Uh. <laughs> really? Is that how you treat me? So when you're in a uh, in New Mexico, and this probably goes for Mexico, uh, you are offered a number of choices, no matter what you order. If you say cornflakes, they still got fifteen questions. Uh, one of the questions will be red or green. Are you familiar with this uh, question? Does this have to? Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, I've heard about the red and green question. I always thought it was about uh, different kinds of hot sauce. Uh, well, it's yeah. What chilies? What chili do you want? And depending yeah. on what it is, so either red chilies or green chilies. But here's the cool answer: if you want to look like you fit in, the answer is. Can you guess the answer? No. <sighs> you just say, um, "I'll have Christmas." Oh, really? Uh huh. And that no, means you get the red and green mixed. Oh, no. Is that what it means? Yeah, really. Let me write that down. I would have never <laughs> figured that out. This is a douche. All right. Uh, so we had a great meetup last night, um, uh, and that will lead us right into our associate executive producers in a moment. But what was handed to me at the meetup, uh, meet John, was, uh, and I can't tell you who I got this from, but this is a, uh, a manual. Apparently, one of our uh, producers uh, works somewhere where these are laying around. Uh, from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency, a practical Spanish grammar booklet. <laughs> and this entire book, so basically it's uh, situations and what to say and, you know, how to uh, how to speak Spanish. But uh, let me, do, and I, you can open it to any random page and I shall read what, your, what the Customs and Border Patrol uh, protection agency is being taught when it comes to Spanish. I shall read only the English uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, following is a group of commands that may be helpful to the beginner. Some are given with reflexive pronouns, which will be explained later. Are you ready, John, to hear some of these uh, group of commands? I'm on pins and needles. Show me your passport. Raise your hands. Get in the car. Get out of the car. Get out of the train. Stop. Relax your hand. Tell me the truth. Show me the trail. (laughs) (laughs) This thing is filled with nothing but shut up slave. It's like nowhere is it like, you know, how do you say, you know, buenos dias, how you doing, your hair looks nice. None of that. The The whole thing is just Gitmo talk. It's, and, and I'm treasuring this. Uh, 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 let me see if I can find some more here. It, it, I mean, the whole thing is it, just crazy. Tell me your complete and correct name. Of what country are you a citizen? Hey, citizen. On what day, month, and year were you born? Where were you born? What is your address in the United States? <laughs> How about, you know, do you know where the cinema is? What time does the cinema start? Ah, uh, here, let me try this one. Have you ever been arrested by the police anywhere for having violated some other law, citizen? Do you have other visible marks or scars? <laughs> this is a great book. This this one day will show up in a museum as the Hitler uh, Bible of the United <laughs> States. How awesome are we? 
Yeah. Yeah, so that's... Uh, that's How humiliating. Yeah. So uh, associate executive producers, uh, a producer, of course, is uh, uh, Jeff Tohig, Tuhig. Sorry, it's a crazy name. It's an Irish name. Tuhig. Um, who uh, has been our host here. He's uh, provided us with whiskey. He's provided us with dinner. Uh, with dinner. <laughs> he's, uh, he's really gone all out, uh, along with his buddy Alex, and all he really wanted from us was a uh, shut-up slave and uh, two-to-the-heads uh, karma. So let me make sure I give him that. Shut-up slave! You've got karma. There you go. So we do that, and uh, while I'm at it, I would like to thank Steve Foster and Liz, who came to the meetup, um, donated $200, both of them unemployed, by the way, momentarily, um, and he drove five hours to get to the meetup, from Arizona, I think. And, oh, that was nice. Yeah, and he is a, uh, he's a vet. And uh, he is a, uh, he used to be, I think, had the same job that uh, Atomic Rod had. He was on a uh, nuclear sub. Uh, he was uh, subs in the water. And he is a, a, a an operator, a nuclear uh, reactor operator. And he is looking for uh, a gig. So I'm going to hook him up with Atomic Rod, see if we can get him any kind of civilian gig. But he, uh, all he wanted really was a dedouching and a nuclear job karma call out. So. You've been dedouched, karma. Well, maybe you can get in on these little small nukes are starting to look at building. Well, Atomic Rod is into that. That's why I'm going to try and hook him up. You never know. It, it, it can't be like uh, a thing that a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's like that. Right. If there's a, a job opening... He, he has a good he's shot. He's the guy. Yeah, he's the guy. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, but he was telling me some amazing stories, which I'm not allowed to repeat, but I, which I, but I do have in my arsenal um, about his, uh, his travels underwater. And in the morning, by the way, to all of our uh, subs in the water and uh, the chat room there at uh, com, and in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. And in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground... Subs in the water, feet in the air, and nights the mm. world over. That's right. Hello, nights. Somebody mentioned in an email, I should mention, that we don't call out, we don't give the nights enough hellos, which we really? should do. And they're all over the world. It's we true. We don't? Well, he says when we do the greeting. Well, what do you mean? Oh, when we do the, the opening ITM greeting. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, hello, so nice. Throw yeah, it in. Throw I got in my there. list. Good. I've been building and building. Pretty soon, it'll be up to ten. Very good. But the knights and the knights really came through to, uh, the, today to help us after a terrible uh, Thursday uh, donation uh, producing segment. Was, and so we have uh, just to thank, besides the ones you have that you picked up along the way, we have uh, of of our one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, producers and associate producers. Five of them are knights. Wow. Well, then, so the knights do come through for us. One is especially the in the dog days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, knights do that. Yeah. Sir Michael Zelina in Lakewood, Ohio, uh, came up with another knighthood for his uh, uh, 12, 12, 12, 12 knighthood, which we don't have wow. enough of. Wow. Uh, he's re upping his knighthood. He could. This is fifth, sixth, seventh? Yeah, it's fifth or sixth. Wow. Please give a hot milf to my better half, Kelly. Okay. 
That's one hot milf, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. That's the silliest thing. <laughs> this kid is going to grow up and say, I said that? Really? Oh, that's so I'm weird. famous. <laughs> yeah, I'm famous. I was on the best podcast in the universe. Oh, all right. Well, uh, shut up, Slay. Sit down. Uh, Sir James Spitzer in Jamaica Plains, hey, Massachusetts. Girl. 42424. Oh. Change my monthly to the new sustaining provider level $42, and I'm kicking it off with a palindromic 4224 uh, for the extra espresso karma boost. Oh, let me hand that out. Uh, this is turbocharged, my friend. You've got karma. Awesome. Wow. Thank you, Knights. That's great. You know, and another associate or another executive producer uh, is uh, Sir Dean Bertram. Bertram. Right. In Accra, Ghana. Who was uh, the? I related the story about him because a friend of mine was in Ghana, right, right, and ran into him. Yeah, and he said, uh, "Don't give money to those guys." Yeah, he said because <laughs> Africans are starving. Yeah, it wasn't because we don't need the money or we don't deserve it. It's because Africans are starving. It's he's a he's a he's a uh, um, um, he's a African file. Anyway, <laughs> Afro file. Afrophile. Good day, John and Adam. Been a bit of a boner and not donated for a while, probably thanks to Greg. But since today's my daughter's <laughs> birthday, I thought I should dig deep and donate. Can I get a birthday shout out for my daughter, Deanna, who turns 10 on yep. the 17th? We got her down. She's been a listener for over a year. Wow. 10 year old. Wow. Nine, actually, she's a nine year old. We play the show on the way to school and she gets her no agenda in 40 minute bite sized pieces. Can you also send a bit of karma her way as the summer holidays are nearly over? With this donation, I'm well on the way to a third night. Who'd like to give the second to my daughter, Deanna? Wow. So if you can make her a dame of the realm on Sunday. That would be a real birthday buzz for her. Awesome. Hopefully by December I'd have completed the third one so I can make her big sister a dame as well when her birthday comes around. Otherwise I'll be in the shit. Well, wait a minute. So uh, does Deanna become a dame today? Because I don't have her yeah. on the list. Yes, yeah, oh, no, I, I don't know. But then uh, we don't and uh, night James. I, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Michael Zelina, does he not get an extra knighthood or? He didn't, well, he didn't give it away to anybody. He didn't give it away to anybody. Okay, good. Okay, so Dame Deanna. Good, good, good. We're all set. The accounting is here. Okay. Uh, and Associate Executive Producer Gary Blatt. Hold Gary on, hold on. We've got to do the karma. He asked for... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah going karma. back to school Why? karma. Yeah, end of summer karma. You've got karma. So she'll be... She's good to go. Nice. Uh, Sir Gary Blatt in Wayne, Pennsylvania, two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, Michael Baker, Wolverine, Queensland, two fifty is my donation so that John can upgrade the guy <laughs> premium. Yeah, that's going to happen. And making it, well, we're going to see how these. When I go uh, helium today, we're going to check. We'll do the, the plug, uh, the USB plug, right? Yeah, plop. And so Mickey and Adam get home from the tour. It also brings up my knighthood donation. Best wishes for the best podcast in the universe. Scott Spencer, Black Knight Scott Spencer, as a matter of fact, Dawsonville, Georgia. Nice neck of the woods, 23456. Uh, Sir Scott, to you, donating sober for a change. I'll keep this short for a change also. I'm listening to 435. Please split this donation between John and Adam so that Adam gets some gas money and John gets some money for his legal fees. <laughs> Screw the Bank, Bank of, of America. America. Yeah. Thanks for the best pot. It's get, the story's getting better. But oh, okay. Know. Well, uh, so he wants some karma for John. Okay. Hey, John, this is your uh, Screw Bank of America karma. Cool. You've got karma. Can we talk about the update or? Uh, if it works out. We, I, I, we're still accumulating data. Okay. Brussels, Belgium, 22269. That's all I got. Totally anonymous uh, 
uh, Belgium. It says, uh, too shy for the interwebs, but I could use some of that famous no agenda karma. Nothing seems to be going right lately. Well, well this will do it. You're in Brussels. That would be part, that would be part of the problem. Here you go. You've got karma. Hopefully this clears it up. You know, it's crazy between the karma and the rain stick, man. We're on a roll. Sir Michael Miller, Tiburon, California, uh, $200, Hot Pockets Tour Fun Money, and Hot finally, yeah. uh, noagendanation.com. Uh, oh. Eric has sold enough mugs to send us 200 bucks, so he's on the list. You know, we've been handing out uh, the, remain, the, uh, the remnant of our stickers, and uh, which are very popular, I have to say, as well as, think. do you know what's actually really popular? Is the damn uh, things you hang around your neck. What do you call them? Uh, lanyard. Lanyards. <laughs> oh, brother. And I have to say, I have a lanyard for the for the bin with the keys on it and a little flashlight. So, you know, at night when I'm like... And I have to say, particularly when you're doing some camping, it's really handy. You're not running around looking for your keys, which you always misplace in the dark. Uh, it looks pretty stupid. I mean, you look like an idiot. But you, you know, look like you just got from a tr- back from a trade you look like, show. You look like a latchkey kid, essentially. <laughs> a latchkey. Remember, that? I was a latchkey kid. Were you a latchkey kid? No, I was not a latchkey kid. No, your mama was always home with a PB and J for you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what do you mean you guess? It's not like I remember. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> hmm. Get in the house. <laughs> We uh, very much appreciate uh, this uh, balancing out of our past, actually past two or three shows. Uh, Thank you very much, Knights, for stepping in and uh, doing what you do best. Of course, anyone uh, who uh, uh, likes our value-for-value model and donates to the show has a possibility of becoming an associate executive producer or an executive producer. These are actual credits. This is not like some bogative thing. You can put it on your IMDb. You can put it on your resume. And unlike the phonies in Hollywood, we will gladly vouch for you if someone brings this into question. If you were not involved in producing an episode of the best podcast in the universe, and you can always do that by going to org slash N-A. Oops, wrong one. Here we go. Now, please think about propagating our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Get ready to say it, everybody. All righty then. I guess that's it. We're done for the Yeah, day. good night, everybody. Hey, we got one more stop. This is the last show from the road, John. Last one. Oh, the next show's going to be from Austin yeah. on Thursday? Yep. So tonight you, uh, we you travel. Hope anyway. Yeah, thanks. Uh, after the show, we pack up. We're going to wash down the bin and Sally. Sally in the Sin bin, which I th- still think would be a great name for a band. And uh, better than Pussy Riot. And then we're going to uh, uh, drive to Clovis, New Mexico. Where we have uh, a night and a dame, I believe. And we're going to make our stop there this evening. And then tomorrow, um, I, we basically have two days to get to Austin. We, I, I think it's 12 hours or something, so we'll see how we do. Uh, there's a whole lot of nothing between uh, Clovis and Austin. And, of course, we're going to go. We want to drive Route 40 and not I-10 because you know what's on I-10, right? Uh, Border Patrol? Exactly. Wouldn't it be actually? We should take I ten, and then I should have my booklet. <laughs> I should whip out my booklet. 
I uh, think it to 40 is your best bet. Yes, sir. I crossed. Is it 40? My, is it actually yeah. 40 that goes yeah. there? No, 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 the 10. Well, you can take the 40. Si, senor. Yo pasé con mi pasaporte local. <laughs> Vine a buscar trabajo en Tucson. <laughs> Yo no sé leer ni escribir. This is what I should be saying. <laughs> oh, here. <laughs> Señor, yo no quiero empleo permanente. Quiero cuadrarme en no más dos o tres semanas. I'm just visiting. Two or three weeks. <laughs> Mickey should say that. That'd be very funny if we get pulled over. I just pull out the book. Oh, yeah. It'd be hilarious <laughs> to watch because, you know, you know those Border Patrol, those guys that work they're, for the, they're, they're so funny. They have the greatest sense of humor. You can just have the time of your life yucking it up with them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was actually there was an, a funny report. Let me see if I can find this about uh, border patrol. Did you take the eighty four down through Lubbock. Um, I, uh, I think the yeah, take it through Lubbock and then go through Abilene on the twenty. That's a nice. That's a nice run. Then you go through. Then you hit Fort Worth and go down straight. Possible. Uh, well, let me play you this report. This is from Border Patrol up uh, at the Canadian border. And this kind of explains why these guys that pull us over who are members of the Border Patrol are six foot eight, weigh 280 pounds, and look like their breath could kill you. Well, it was uh, border officials. There's something called the Border Enforcement Security Task Force made up by Department of Homeland Security in the U.S., immigration officials, as well as some Canadian border services, uh, the RCMP. They caught on to the fact that there were some shipments, parcels, going through courier services in the United States where they detected some drugs. They were being sent to a private mailbox outlet on the Buffalo and the New York side of the border. They began monitoring this private mailbox to see who was coming to pick up these packages. And lo and behold, it turns out it was a man named Jeffrey Purdy, who they've arrested in April. And he is a constable with the Niagara Regional Police Service, 13 years. And they have charged him with conspiracy to export controlled substances and to distribute. Now, these drugs, uh, some of them were Valium. Some of them uh, included the ingredient to make the date rape drug. But largely, it was testosterone Uh and other anabolic steroids (laughs) that... <laughs> the authorities contend were being brought across the border. So uh, I think that uh, these guys are all amped up. They're all pumped up. They're well amped up, pumped up. They're pumped juiced up. up. They're juiced up, man. They're on the juice. They're, they're all. On, I don't want to generalize, of course, but I would say there's a high likelihood these guys are you know using their the own whole routes. Country's going to be on this stuff eventually. <laughs> yeah, I can just hold on, John. Before we do the show, I gotta, I gotta shoot up in the shoulder here. I gotta make my shoulders a little broader. What are you talking about the whole country's going to be on this? We're not going to be on this. This is my prediction. So, oh, wait, I'm looking at this. You go from Sweetwater. You go through this, this 20 wait, route to Fort start, Worth. Started Clovis. Started Clovis, though. Okay, Clovis. Let me get back to Clovis. Well, you're going to go through. Okay, you're going to come down the 285 to Roswell anyway, right? Yeah, no we're going through Roswell. Of course we're going okay, through so Roswell. Okay, so let's start at Roswell. I have, to go, to the, Roswell. I have to go to the shrine. Are you kidding me? You take the 285. You go all the way to, to Pecos. And then you take the 20 through Odessa. This is your Texas trip. Odessa, Midland, Big Spring, Colorado City, Abilene, Sweetwater. How Uh, how many miles do you calculate on this route? It's going to be the same as your other route, but this takes you to Fort Worth. And then when you get to Fort Worth, you take the 35W south through Hillsboro. And then you go through Waco and you got that out of you got that albatross. (laughs) We live right near Waco. Yeah, but this time you get to go there. 
You go through Waco. You oh, you know what's in Waco? Hey, I, Waco. You, you know what's doing? in Waco? In Waco is the um, the Ranger Museum, the There's Texas Rangers. I've been to Waco. Yeah, huh? I heard about that. Then you come by and you you just go past Fort Hood and you wave to the shooter. <laughs> hey, everybody, how you doing? And you're in uh, Austin. Allah Akbar! Allah Akbar! You're good for the day. You're good to go. <laughs> okay, I'm sure Ms. Mickey was writing it all down. Hey, Andrew Horowitz just tweeted that we're live. That's interesting. <laughs> is he he's sucking up to us? No, he's got some scheme. Yeah, he's got it. something going, doesn't he? Well, some. Yeah. I'm he looking forward tell, to he it. He hasn't said what, but yeah. I'll find out. I'm shortly. looking forward to it. Okay. But some money making scheme. Oh, good. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah, a money making a money making scheme. scheme, please. Oh, I found a great clip. Actually, that it may be that maybe it's an end of show clip. The I have an uh, end of show clip. Oh, maybe. Well, I'm just kind of on the uh, on the the Gitmo Department of Homeland Security douchebags. Yeah. This is um, the acting director of the ATF. Uh, B. Todd Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone give a time you start your, Hello, your name up with the, I'm with B. Initial. I'm B. Todd Jones. My name's B. My name's B. Well, you, you can call just, me B. Yeah, or, or Mr. B. And uh, he did something called um, a change cast, which was a, a video that, that was mandatory viewing for all employees of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. And uh, so someone videotaped, I guess it was released on DVD, and someone videotaped this off of a screen. And it essentially, it, I mean, it is the biggest I have ever heard. Like, don't you ever think of being a whistleblower? And this came out uh, a month and a half ago. Don't you dare think about talking to anybody except your superiors. You want to hear a little bit of this? And Oh, yeah. Okay, here it is. This audio is a little crappy. Over these last six months, we've provided you with a lot of information. But I actually like it because it sounds very, very... It actually is, but it's, it's very understandable. Yeah, and it sounds very... Hello, citizen. I like it. These first eight change cast. We've talked about our leadership philosophy. We've talked about the pace and challenge of change. We've talked about roles, missions, and functions as a law enforcement organization with a regulatory function and within the Department of Justice. I hope that this has been informational to you about our strategic view of the way forward. I want to close out this first set by talking about, quite frankly, a less pleasant topic, but one that is critical to the functioning of any organization. Listen up, citizens. Particularly one with a public safety mission like ATF's. And that's choices and consequences. And when I'm talking about choices and consequences, I'm talking about the disciplinary process. Our last change cast, we laid out some clear expectations about organizational discipline. One ATF, everyone working together, exemplifying one of the pieces of our leadership philosophy, that being teamwork. Do you hear this, man? There's choices and consequences and uh, working as a team. Yeah. You like? Yeah, this is what this is part of the whole government strategy to, to to arrest and deal with whistleblowers and make examples out of everybody. It's the only reason they're trying to get Assange. So you want to move on to Assange? 
Or you well, want to yeah. hear, hear more well, of that, this guy? I, the Assange clip I has is, is Assange's mom. Yeah. Well, actually, is a couple of Assange clips. Yeah, I can do a couple. Okay. First I, of I all, my favorite one, one was on, uh, I, I'm not sure where this was on, on one of these foreign broadcasts, but <laughs> they arrested Gary Kasparov. Oh, no, this is. No, 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 no. Pussy Riot we'll get to in a second because I'm all over that. Assange mom. This is a. I'm thinking of this is a long clip. I maybe think it's the end of show clip because it's really a good clip. Well, where Assange's mom just goes after the UK government. I'll tell you what. Why don't we save that for end of show clip, and let me play for you the funniest Assange clip from CNN. Okay. Uh, uh, then I have a. Then I have the U- Ecuador's irked by UK okay, threat. Okay. Good. Good. Clip. Good. Good. We'll play that right after. So here, here's what's going on. Um, when I lived in Gitmo Nation, UK East, uh, I flew there. I flew helicopters, I flew airplanes, I know all the rules and regulations. I know exactly how everything works. CNN comes out with this report about how Assange can possibly escape <laughs> from from the Ecuadorian uh, embassy. And it, 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 you just have to listen to it, and I've got to stop it because I was rolling on the floor. As a, as a simple aviator, I was rolling on the floor listening to this. Fugitive inside in what's at the moment considered Ecuadorian territory, and with British police outside ready to pounce, pounce. scenarios are being... Ready to pounce. They're like cats. They're going to pounce. ...being debated over a possible Assange escape. Assange escape. Is this an option? Getting smuggled out in the trunk of a diplomatic car? The guy is now sitting in the trunk of a car. This is, this is his... Uh, so you understand... Uh, is what he's trying to communicate to you. A former British diplomat says the car would be considered Ecuadorian domain. British police, he says, could stop it, but not search it. Couldn't necessarily pull Assange out. But there's a hitch in that plan. The hitch? Apparently there's no garage available to the Ecuadorian embassy. We're told there's only one entrance to the embassy right here, and obviously okay. that's not an option. So that was dumb. Let's try the next idea. The building is completely surrounded by British police. They're in the streets, the alleys, the side streets. If anyone was going to try to take Assange from the building to a waiting car, the police would get him. The police are also reported to be monitoring the so-called communal areas of the building, the hallways and the elevators, preventing Assange from taking an elevator up to the roof where a helicopter could pick him up. Okay, stop right there. You are not, repeat, you are not going to land a helicopter in London on a rooftop. This is just simply, you know, you're going to just fly into London's airspace and land on the roof and pick up Assange? I mean, are they are they insane? These people at CNN? No, no, they're even crazier. Police can monitor the hallways and elevators because the Ecuadorian embassy occupies only one floor, the first floor, and not even all of that. It's here, right where this window is, and Assange can barely step into a hallway without risking apprehension. If he did somehow get to a car, there are airports, large and small, in every direction. <laughs> yeah, when there's always Border Patrol at all of these airports. You have to register every flight in and out. This is the stupidest report ever, but it gets even dumber. But experts say once he got to one of those, he could easily be captured. He could actually be smuggled out in a crate or a large bag. There you go. Thank you. It's Assange in a bag, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How stupid is CNN? Well, you know, the funny thing is the the one obvious thing that they that they that is something that's actually possible they didn't even mention, which is that you got to get him in the car somehow. Right. And once he's in the car, the car goes on the channel. Yeah, but dra- drags him to Paris, and the French say, "Fuck you! You can't arrest him now." Well, that's kind of how they started. Like he'd hide in the trunk, but they don't have a garage. 
No, I so, know, but he has to get into the channel. They never mentioned the channel as an as an exit strategy. All right, what's your Ecuador uh, clip? Well, my Ecuador thing is kind of interesting because this was the thing. This l- leads to uh, apparently the Russians <laughs> made it clear that if the British do what this guy describes as something that they can do, they're, they're pulling out. <laughs> they've had it. That never again should a foreign embassy in this country be allowed to be abused in that manner. And so three years later, the diplomatic and consular premises act was introduced to allow the legal revocation of the diplomatic status of a building Ah. last night the ecuadorian government leaked a letter they'd received from the foreign office raising the specter of britain enforcing this law we very much hope not to get to this point the letter said but if you cannot resolve the issue of mr assange's presence on your premises this route is open to us standoff this evening in the face of ecuadorian indignation the foreign secretary stuck to his guns. There are no time limits. As I say, I think that is, um, that's a problem more for the embassy and for Mr. Assange than for this country, except that we are determined to fulfill our legal obligations uh, under the Extradition Act uh, to Sweden. So where on earth does this go now? This Hague guy is a total douche. Hague is a total douche. He's the worst. This is Jack Straw, who, by the way, when Jack Straw was the foreign secretary, he let Pinochet go. And they were trying to extradite him. But now we're just going to free the guy. He's a murderer. And Assange has not even been indicted. They just want him for questioning. This is the British government, which, by the way, Assange's mother goes on about with the same rant I'm doing. Yeah. The British government should be ashamed of themselves, and in fact, the British government are what they all say lap dogs for Obama. Yeah, you think so? Uh, the theory that there's someone else in there, you don't think that holds water? You think this is still really all about just getting whistleblowers and extradition and rolling it up? And- no, I think I think that, I think it does hold water. But I but at the same time, they can make their point because they have Obama administration has been the hardest on whistleblowers. And they so if they can kill two birds with one stone, that's that's even better. But they're definitely after this guy. Well, there are there are consequences, you know. There's choices and con- choices and choices. consequences. The guy's not even an American citizen. He, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> on the internet, he can publish whatever he wants to publish. We haven't got any any jurisdiction over him. And then uh, there was an actual uh, Occupy moment, which relates to this. Um, where is it? Uh, why can I not find this? Uh, well, okay. It wasn't all that interesting anyway, but, uh, I guess Occupy Oakland has, uh, wandered into, oh, here it is. I think this is people who are using the Occupy moniker, uh, which they should definitely not do because we all believe the Occupy movement is, is compromised, but they, uh, are, uh, protesting for, uh, Bradley Manning, which of course is related to the WikiLeaks case. Occupy Oakland has a new target. President Obama. Protesters decided to occupy his campaign office on Thursday. About 100 protesters calling for the release of U.S. Army soldier Private First Class Bradley Manning invaded the campaign offices. They stayed inside for three hours, bringing business to a halt, where they were later forced out by police. Our correspondent Ramon Orlando this. This joins funny. us now live from L.A. with more. Hi, Ramon. So what exactly were these people protesting? <laughs> what an idiot. Well, you know, Russia today has pulled out all the stops. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And yeah. it's pretty obvious to anybody who follows this stuff closely that they, they you know, they, you know, the Russians have always been, uh, I'd say, grade B propagandists. Uh, Especially with with yeah. with the more feeble minded. Yeah, they could have really and, used the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group. Yeah, they could use some help, but but they but they at least they're doing. And this is all because of Syria. And and yeah. in fact, I'm now. People always say this, you know. They say, well, you know, Alex Jones is stealing from you guys. He said something you said, and this sort of thing. I'm now, and I've always, and you know this because you've heard me go, ah, bull crap. The guy doesn't even know who we who we are. And a lot of people don't. We have a big audience. But it's not like there's a, the crossover is the audience, not the, the, the actual producers of the shows. Uh, I'm wondering about Russia Today, though. If Russia Today has a number of things in the last few episodes that just uh, just stand out like a sore thumb as no agenda items. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, that I'll, wouldn't it, surprise me. You know, uh, but you know, the thing is, where's the donation, bitches? Yeah, well, we could use the money, a, and <laughs> yeah. we could use it. We could, we could, we would help them. You know, I, I don't think we'd get thrown in jail for helping Russia today. Well, I, I, I could definitely. Although I think sometime in the future that might happen, the way the Russians are going. I can definitely help them with the pussy riot thing, which I figured out. I'm sure you figured it out too, because you probably saw the same thing I did. Uh, and I'll just play the report because it was an excellent report from the CBC. None of this was on American television, as far as I could tell, with my limited viewing ability on the yeah, road. Yeah, once you play that, and I, I, mean, I just have a minor pussy riot thing, and then we can maybe d- discuss no. what Russia Today is doing. That's literally well, it's all, I, it's all like part said, of the I same don't thing. Don't normally say this. I think they stole this from us. Okay. Well. Well. Okay. So I'm taking this is from CBC. And when I saw this report, I'm like, oh, then it all clicked together, just a little bit of research, and I figured it out right down to the name. I completely understand what's going on here. Handcuffed, smiling, shocked. Three members of Pussy Riot listened as a Russian judge found them guilty of hooliganism and blasphemy. A severe breach of public order the Russian judge chastised as she sentenced each to two years in prison. Outside the courtroom, police were cracking down, arresting dozens of protesters. See now the total collapse of the rule of law in Russia. No sooner did chess master and activist Gary Kasparov utter those words than he was hauled away by police. So when I saw this, I'm like, oh, okay. Gary Kasparov is a known CIA operative. This is known. He always goes in to stir up crap when it comes to the party. So I'm like, all right, this is clearly some kind of uh, U.S. mission. And uh, it goes on a little bit, which uh, they actually, uh, CBC um, focuses on the wrong member of Pussy Riot, because there's one that's very interesting. But this one has a little interesting connotation to her as well. And by the way, all these girls, kind of cute in a sexy, kind of Well, there's one that's actually very pretty, and and they're the ones they keep focusing on. What do you think? Lesbians? Oh, probably. Okay, good. That fits into my theory. Pussy Riot's lawyer, Mark Fagan, declared the judgment orchestrated by Russian President Vladimir Putin. The trial was a farce. The verdict was a farce, he says. This is what got Pussy Riot in trouble. A flash mob type performance at Moscow's main Orthodox Cathedral. 
imploring the Virgin Mary to throw out Putin. Polls in Russia show a majority of people were offended to see a political protest in a church. One of the members of Pussy Riot is married to a Russian-Canadian. In what many see as propaganda, Nadia Tolokonakova is confronted in this video by the chief investigator. He produced her Canadian permanent residence card and Ontario health card. Okay, so this was a tip-off that uh, this girl is uh, clearly, uh, she has Canadian status. But she's not the one you need to focus on. Actually, you need to focus on a couple of the witnesses at the trial. Now, bear in mind that uh, the National Endowment for Democracy, which is which receives its funding, we've talked about this on the show, directly from the State Department, uh, Lucifer, Hillary Clippity-Clop, uh, many of uh, the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, receive funding from the National Endowment for Democracy, i.e. from the U.S. government, from the State Department. One of them is Golos. And Golos, uh, these were the people behind... Actually, I have here... This is a... It's all in the show notes, uh, 436.nashownotes.com. A page from the National Endowment for Democracy. Actually, I've, uh, there's a screenshot of it to make sure that it doesn't go away. Uh, money given to Golos, uh, which is the Regional Civic Organization Defense of Democratic Rights and Liberties to carry out a detailed analysis of the autumn 2010 and spring 2011 election cycles in Russia, which will include press monitoring, monitoring of political agitation, (laughs) and activity of electoral commissions. These guys are meant to just stir up crap, which they did, as you'll recall. Now, uh, the defense called 13 witnesses, including opposition leader Alex Navalny, Navalny, N-A-V-A-L-N-Y, who is a, uh, a long-time uh, operative for the U.S. Uh, he was a Yale World Fellow. He was a banker. You know, so, and, and he had no involvement whatsoever with Pussy Riot, but they just called him up uh, to, uh, to testify. But here it is, Oksana Cheleshevah. She is a board member of the Finnish-Russian Civic Forum, and a steering committee of the National Endowment for Democracy. Mm. And if you look at the website for the name of this outfit, which is Finn Rose Forum, so Finnish, it says right here, Oksana Chelesheva is a journalist and human rights activist. She coordinates the Pussy Riot support campaign. Uh, hello? So... Here's how the meeting went. Lucifer's sitting there. Hey, hey, I want to be president in 2016. We got to show these Ruskies who's boss. You know, we're going to mess with that Putin bitch. I tell you what, we're, we're going to call it Operation Pussy Riot. <laughs> because, you know, we like pussy. <laughs> this whole thing is orchestrated by Clinton. It's a lesbian front. Pussy riot. And even fun, she's sitting there watching all the news media going, pussy riot, pussy riot. Of course, the riot came from her pussy. I'm sorry to put it so bluntly, but you can't overlook the fact that the name, the name of the band is Pussy Riot. They have masks on, which is a fantastic meme. It's, it's, it really is, you know, you could not think of a better one. People around the world have these masks on or playing crappy-ass songs. And, 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 of course, she makes her calls to all the elites. Handcuffed, smiling. Uh, wait a minute, that's not the one. Here. Here's the elites. 
Some of the biggest names in the music industry have come forward to express their support for the group. Madonna, Sting, and Sir Paul McCartney have all publicly supported the jailed rockers. McCartney posted on his website a letter to the group telling them to stay strong, <laughs> saying he would do everything in his power to help. At a Get me Sir Paul on the phone. Get me, put something on your website. Madge, 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 Pussy Riot. I'm disappointed in Madonna that she's falling for this. And this is, a, this is just a whole F-Russia, F-Putin uh, campaign orchestrated by the State Department by Hillary Lucifer Clippity-Clop Clinton, with the, the, the cloven one, because she wants to show her muscle that she can be president in 2016 and she brought down the evil Putin or whatever she's trying to prove with this. Do you have a yeah, different well, take? Because this is the way no, I see no, it. No, I actually like that, and I think that's probably why we're seeing the Occupy exactly Oakland group go after the Obama offices yeah. because they're taking orders from Moscow yes exactly exactly I mean, so I mean it's not unusual for the, the the West Coast especially in the San Francisco Bay Area to always have these close connections to the uh, Soviets they always have and so why is this any different and because every, when it says when did the occupiers start tearing up a campaign headquarters I know, I know. And, and I mean I, I, I'm not that I'm against it but you know John if you and I had sat in the meeting we would have thought this was genius too oh right, yeah right down to you know free pussy riot I mean wow this is so good yeah free pussy riot free, free pussy riot ludicrous and now the, the funny thing that gets me about this whole thing is just this one comment got to me and they said oh yeah well this doesn't make any sense play the putin blasphemy clip from the bbc started taking to the streets again in russia in the last eight months to complain about what they see as unfairness within the system so what vladimir putin's probably doing here and those that uh, are trying to support him within the system is trying to make sure that they're playing to the constituency that felt that what these women did was a wrong was blasphemy and he's making sure that he's propping up that support by doing this and at the same time they're trying to put down this sense that the opposition have at the moment that they can do pretty much anything they can protest in any way that they please uh, and get away with it and they're trying to kind of yeah and, and we so, did you see so the with, video of, of kasparov or kasparov did you see the video he's wait, smiling holding him into the thing he's cussing he, you know he's yelling and screaming in russian right but he's smiling. you know who i am he, but he's smiling too yeah they threw him in the truck but anyway no the thing that got me when i heard this clip it was part of a larger clip was wait a minute Hold on a second. Let's stop the presses and, and point out the one obvious thing that people seem to have just seem, somehow ignored. The official stance of the Russian Communist Party is atheist. Yeah. They tried to completely shut down all these churches. And now all of a sudden they're concerned about blasphemy? Yeah. Are you kidding this me? This makes no sense. It makes zero sense. The Russians are a bunch of atheists. They, there's no state religion. Ah. This is bull crap. Ah, but there's a secondary, a secondary part of the plan. Ha ha! Because we're not just going to go after the uh, so-called uh, blasphemy. No, no. We're and and this is part of uh, uh, Hillary's plan. We're going to mobilize gay. That's what she's doing. A court in Moscow has banned gay pride parades in the Russian capital for the next 100 years. The first Moscow Pride took place in 2006. The organizers then intended to hold the event every year. But the demonstrations have been plagued by homophobic attacks and local government bans. So how does this work? Oh, wait, hold on a second. There was breaking news this morning. Oh? Madonna has been sued 
in a class action suit in Russia. Uh huh. For pro-gay sentiments that she put, she pushed out there on there stage. You go. There you go. This is once again Hollywood is on board with the plan. But who comes up with this? I mean, who? Because the report doesn't state it, but it sounds like. I mean, who decided? Oh, that's it. One hundred. We'll just we we can't do it for a hundred years. Who came up with that? I mean, is that the law, or did the did the did the the gay pride just say? Uh, Let's just make it crazy and say we're not we're we're standing here. We're not going to do it for a hundred years. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You can come back in one hundred and one. I mean, I, what, this this is this is not okay. So it's not okay if uh, if gays this are being is so suppressed. Orchestra- this and it, is an orchestration of the highest order. Thank you, and you know who's behind it. So I would say it's not okay if gays are being suppressed, but it's equally not okay if gays are using their gayness to. Uh, to call people out this way. I think that's equally wrong. You know what I mean? To orchestrate it this way. Yeah, no, this is manipulating the public yeah. for somebody's benefit. This yeah. is agendas. This is a, this whole thing is sick. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Sick. It's sick. Yeah. Or as we and say, Putin's uh, beside <clears throat> himself. Bullshit. I mean, I think, I think Putin is being is being flanked by the way. Flanked. Putin is probably gay. Well, going around with that, out that shirt on the horse and all that. Yeah, he's got some overtones. I mean, he's a handsome man. Well, you know, it's it's not. Uh, uh, I never thought of that. Not that, it, yeah. not that it matters. I'm just pointing it out. You know, we have no agenda, so we, that's what we can do. It's a pause. I mean, who knows? I mean, <laughs> there's no advertiser going to pull out for this conversation. <laughs> they would, though. You can count on it. This kind of conversation is why we do this show. You can't do a show like this. No, you can't. That's have, the reason the show is what it is. Yeah, you can't have an open conversation and say, using these words without advertisers, you know, pulling out. No, you can't do that. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. It's not brand. It's not brand friendly or whatever they. What's that term? They yeah, used brand, to say? brand, brand safe. Brand, brand safe. safe. Brand, brand safe. safe. Did not you see? Safe. I'm sure you saw this. This douchebag Toure on MSNBC. Oh, what a what a oh that guy is a total douchebag. Did you see what he said? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he basically called Brian. You know, he just put, yeah, right. Let, let, let me, you want to hear the clip? You have the clip. Oh yeah, yeah great. Okay, so this is and what is Toure? Is he a comedian? Is he a he, writer? What is he? You know, I've seen him two or three times. They put use him on MSNBC as a foil. Yeah, and let's see what he is. Let's before we go on. Yeah, okay. Let's find it. I thought he was. I thought T O U R E accent. He's an American novelist, essayist, music ju- oh, music journalist, right? Well, that's what he right, right, right. He used he used to be he used to do a hip hop show, right? Right, right, right. He serves on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominating committee. He's the guy that nominated ABBA. All right, that says enough. Is he the guy that nominated ABBA? Yeah, he's on the nominating committee. Well, he must have. Been. So they had nominated ABBA. For the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's from Boston. Uh, let's see, anything else? What has he written? What has he written? He's written about Lauryn Hill, DMX, Beyonce, 25 Cent. Well, Alicia, he's all over. He was Alicia a big spokesperson during the Trayvon Martin thing. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Playing the race card. He's exactly. a racist. Yeah. Well, he's yes. a horrible racist. Yes, he is. So let's listen to this. The host of MSNBC, uh, who later, if we want to play the whole clip, I'll play half, uh, defends him. 
uh, first plays a quote from Romney. This is Romney, uh, interestingly enough, in response to Joe Biden's they'll put you in chains uh, quote, uh, which, of course, uh, you could interpret as having racial undertones, and it was interpreted that way. Uh, he plays that clip, and then Toure just lays into it and uses words which uh, I'm surprised MSNBC has any advertisers. His campaign and his surrogates have made wild and reckless accusations that disgrace the office of the presidency. This is what an angry and desperate presidency looks like. Mr. President, take your campaign of division and anger and hate back to Chicago. Woo! Take it back to Chicago. Woo! Take it back to Chicago. Woo! Please. That anger and hate. Um, so when I listen to that, to me, the words seem sort of loaded. But I wanted to get you all's thoughts. Tori, what did you think about that? Yeah, quote? I mean, that really bothered me. You notice he says anger twice. He's really trying to uh, use racial coding. and Racial coding. John, you are, of course, a, uh, a racial scholar. Is is do you feel that there was racial coding in that comment? By it, no, no. But, you know, if you want to see that, I can say you know you where when he finishes his theory, you 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 just shake your head. You know, the, apparently Romney can't say anything without it being racially coded. And and let me just point out for the new listeners, we think Romney's a douche. That's not the point. Right. You know, but to, to pull, so yeah, he says racial. I just thought it was interesting to pull out the racial coding right there at the top. So we're set. Our mindset. Oh, it's racial coding. So now I'm yeah, thinking. You got the racial thing in the brain. So I'm now thinking you can drop, in code. Drop yeah. a bomb. I'm you. thinking Prove in code. Point. Yeah. And access some some really deep stereotypes about the angry black man. <laughs> that killed me. The angry black man. Now, of all the things, when I heard Romney do that, I didn't think of the angry black man. I don't think in those colors. Um, this is part of the playbook against Obama, the otherization. He's not... The otherization. What are we on? Lost now all of a sudden? The others? <laughs> the otherization. Like us. I know it's a heavy thing to say. I don't say it lightly, but this is niggerization. You're okay, that is just not okay. You know, uh, African Americans, black people in America, uh, have a free pass to use the word nigger whenever they want to, because that's okay. You know, whatever. That's the way culture goes. But that's in context of, yo, he's my nigga, whatever. But now, when you actually say niggerization, I feel that you're crossing a line. Am I incorrect in this, uh, racial scholar John C. Dvorak? He used it for obvious purposes to get attention to it for himself and to, you know, to besmirch Romney in any way he can. This guy is a lowlife. You're not one of us. And then you are like the scary black man who we've been trained to fear. And the idea hey, of... Can somebody remind Touré that Obama is the president? He won the election based on, on the backs of white voters? Can he maybe... Is that a possibility? Oh, wait a minute. Is he implying that... I guess we're now stunned. We didn't notice that Obama <laughs> is black. Whoa! And Romney is going to play on the racial stereotypes because he has to alert us. Because we're all idiots. We don't know. Oh, my God. Obama's <laughs> black. We've been duped. Is that what he's saying? That's what he's I saying. I think so. I think that's what he's We're so stupid. We are so st You and I, John. And by the way, we have been trained to hate the black man. You know, uh, I have it right here in my uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection Manual. We've been trained, not just the black man, but the brown man, too. We've been trained this way. Of locating anger around Barack Obama 
just doesn't fit with who he is and who he has trained himself to be going back to high school, training himself to be no drama Obama. So, so who are they talking to then here? Well, but they're talking to people who are trained to hate him, who want to hate him. Mm -hmm. It's a base turnout election, so this is how we can rev up the base to work against Please. him. So um, I was stunned uh, because we knew, and uh, this was predicted, and it's in the Red Book, and we knew that race was going to play a big part in this election's. And Toure is clearly a shill. He's been rolled out to to play this to play this script out. And I'm stunned. I'm uh, the guy has huge, huge gonads to do this. And he only is MSNBC, so one gives a crap. You yeah, know, go, go do it on so ABC low, or yeah. CBS. You know, then you're a man. Uh, there was some woman, uh, young woman, I should say, uh, who did call him out on it. I don't know if you're interested in hearing that. I don't know if you saw the whole segment or not. Yeah, uh, do it. And, and and she has you know very valid points, not as good as yours, of course, because you know then you'd be a chick with glasses on MSNBC, and uh, and the host starts defending Toure. It's just it's uncomfortable to watch. Get this straight, just so I have this straight. In addition to calling Mitt Romney something of a racist and the whole of the base as racist. Joe Biden makes a racially charged comment, which you and many others on the left called divisive. Mitt Romney comes out, calls that comment divisive. But because he used the word angry, now his is the racially charged comment. Do you see how dishonest that is? Well, you know, I didn't call anybody racist. <laughs> really? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I must be watching some other channel. Right, because I don't want to... Deal with that? It's a bit I don't want to deal with that. I want to deal with that, man. Like, I don't deal with race. Oh, much, certainly you are that he's implying that Mitt Romney the, and the base will respond to this dog whistle, race, racially charged coding. Like dog whistle. Yeah, yeah, dog whistle. That's another meme that's out there, yeah. Hate Obama, the angry black man? I mean, the GOP has been working that is with... so irresponsible, Trey. The GOP has been working with racial codes going back to Reagan and perhaps before. I mean, going back to Nixon with the war on drugs, Reagan with the welfare queens. Uh, the first... Well, tell me about Reagan and the welfare queens. This is unfamiliar territory to me. I never I, heard it. Never heard never it. Heard it. You were around, right, when Reagan was president? Yes. Yeah, you were conscious. Had you read Ayn Rand at that point. I had read The Fountainhead when I was in college. It's irrelevant. In I'm one sorry. sitting. In one sitting. Bush with the uh, Willie Horton. I mean, this is typical Lee Atwater politics. Carl Rove. What is Lee Atwater politics? I'm so unfamiliar with these terms. Lee Atwater is the equivalent, but not quite as talented as that as that funny looking guy that Obama has. Uh, what's his name? The uh, bald guy with the little mustache who's the who's the campaign guy. What's his name? Yeah, uh, Hitler. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, come on, chat room. Give us what's that guy's name? The, the, he's from Chicago. He's got the bald head. He's I know exactly muscle. who you mean. I, I'm drawing a blank myself. Uh, let's give him a name. <laughs> Adolf. Yeah. Adolf Baldman. <laughs> <laughs> Adolf. It was Adolf something or other. No, uh, it's not Adolf. It's, uh... <laughs> come on, help me. Oh. Do we have to? Cons this is bad. How could we have to? Yes, this is bad. We can't come up with the simple names that we know this guy. We see him all the time. We think he's a douchebag. He's always coming out. Uh, okay, let's go. Obama, Adolf, campaign manager, Axelrod, Axelrod, Ad Adolf Rod. That's his name. 
Adolf no, Rod. That's, not dead. that's his name. A- yeah, a- Axelrod. He's the Adwaters and Axelrod. Same, same. Uh, Adolf Axelrod. Right. Sleazeball. <laughs> oh, this is typical Republican. Again, so playbook. then the whole of the party, the whole of the party uses he's this racial code. That. I mean, oh, he not, just did. He's not saying well, that. I mean, yeah, this is, here she comes. That's what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. But this is not. Listen, listen. A revolutionary comment. This is a constituency all white party. That really? Didn't they have a black leader of the Republican uh, committee? Yeah. Well, no. He's anyone who's black who's a Republican is not black. It's, they're by white. Definition. They're not white. Rejects they're the black. Vote you have two reject- white guys in Joe Biden and Mitt Romney. Good Joe point. Biden made the overtly racial comment and has a history of making bigoted remarks. Mitt Romney was responding to that comment, and yet he is the one responsible for the whole Republican history but of racism no, in no, politics. That's not what Tory's saying. He, he, that's not what Tory's saying. That's not what yeah, he's he saying. Is. That's exactly, that's exactly what, he what he's saying. He's using, no, he can speak for no, himself. No, but he's using he, he the playbook that Republicans have been using for decades. Is this true? For decades. Has this always, have we always been using race this way for decades, John, in the United States? The Republican Party, have they always done that? Well, Possibly. The, here's what Possibly. the backstory is where I can see <laughs> Possibly. he's kind of indicating. Yeah. Is that the Democrats used to use this forever during the Roosevelt administration, even before that. And they owned a Dixie. They were also called Dixiecrats. They were the Democrats in the Deep South. And and the Democrats were historically the ones who did this. The Republicans somehow stole the idea with something called the Southern Strategy that was implemented by Nixon to to use racial coding, which is exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. So there's some truth to it, even though he's not explaining it. He doesn't know himself really what it is because when he said – Reagan, he says, and maybe before that, and then Nixon came to him. So he doesn't know what he's talking about. But Nixon said the the Republicans managed to steal the South, the Southern Dixiecrat guys, turn them Republican, and uh, and abandoned the black vote down there. And they ended up with a bunch of winners after they figured this out. I mean, the, Nixon was the first one. And they, they still can usually beat the Democrats in a national campaign. And there is indeed coded language which is designed to to appease the southerners only right in a very mild way it's not a national thing the california most people don't respond to it or even know about it or care but yeah he's i mean there he's it's not a complete fabrication let's put it that way but you know come on so let's look at uh the fantastic work of toure uh, here's uh, the list of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation nominees for the 2012 induction. Uh, Beastie Boys, The Cure, The Cure, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, really The Cure. Donovan, Rock and Roll, Donovan. Eric B. and Rakim, well, there you go. That was Toure's uh, vote. Guns and Roses. Who? Oh. Eric B. and Rakim? Yeah. <laughs> Rock- Who are they? Oh, you know, well, come, I mean, they are very famous uh, as the founders of hip hop, which, of course, Toure is the hip hop expert. They're the founders of hip hop. Well, um, the, the Eric B and Rakim, actually, if I uh, hear Eric B and we have to look Rakim. up in the book of knowledge. No, be- no, I'm going to find you the sample that you hear in all the all the certainly in all the early hip hop stuff. Uh, these guys were really. I don't see if there's any uh, YouTube's not helping me out. Um, so they were really the first ones on that whole sample tip, you know. Coom, hey, hey. That's hard for me to do. 
Uh, but uh, they're certainly they're certainly deserving of something. Healing from Long Island Prairie, generally considered by hip hop enthusiasts to be one of one of the most influential and innovative groups in the genre. Yeah. During the hip hop golden age of the mid '80s to the early '90s, the yes. duo was almost universally regarded as a premier MC DJ combo right, in hip hop. Right, right. hip hop. So that's not rock and roll. Anyway, no, that's not rock and roll in any, by any means. But this is this is because you know you can't be discriminating against other. You, know, you might as well just have uh, Debussy on the list. You know, I mean, put him in. They Why should not put Debussy? Yeah, yeah put Debussy. Debussy. You're famous. You're famous. Mozart. While you're at it, yeah. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts uh, agreed. Hart agreed. Freddie King. Freddie King. Blues band. He's a blues band. Yeah, blues band. Yeah. That's not rock and now, roll. It's blues. I, I'll give a little bit of props because a lot of rock and roll is based on the blues. But then Laura Nyro. I've, I've never heard of Laura Nyro. Oh, yeah. Laura Nyro was. In fact, Laura, I, I actually heard from Laura Nyro. She's very famous uh, uh, kind of a Joan Baez type singer. Okay. so Singing uh, poignant songs, you know, with a... Uh, 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 would you put her in the rock category? No, she's not a rock and roller in any way. All right. Red Hot Chili Peppers agreed. Now, yeah. here's Rufus and Chaka Khan. Oh, no. Please. 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 Uh, the Small Faces. The Faces. Yes, agreed. The Spinners. What? Really? The Detroit Spinners. Hand me down my walking cane. Hand me down my hat. You know, rubber band man, rubber band man. I mean, that's not rock and roll. That's a rubber band man. And then Donna Summer. I mean... Please. Disco. Yeah, disco. 100% disco. Disco. She is the queen of disco. But I guess we can't discriminate. Because, you know, that would be so wrong. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has been ruined by Oh, it's always been ruined. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is... No, I disagree. In the late... Where is Ted Nugent? Isn't the Nugent in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, because the head honcho of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the right wing or the left wing or uh, Jan Wenner... Doesn't agree with his stance on guns, so he, so he has been blacklisted You're from the me, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And if anybody's a rock and roll guy, it's Ted Nugent. And this is why I'm very happy that when Curry Dvorak, our president and vice president in 2013, that um, we will uh, nominate without any uh, senatorial overview because that law has now been passed; it's no longer necessary. We will nominate Ted Nugent as our Minister of Defense, our Secretary of Defense, and I have a new one for you, John. Uh, to add to our list. Okay. Uh, Secretary of Transportation, Molly Wood. <laughs> good one, right? Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get off this because it just it, that was so annoying. I, I just, yeah, I'd say. Oh. Well, talking about compromise, uh, yeah. uh, I have uh, some Glenn Eiffel clips. Who is who, I, is who is who is now? I, I Gwen, Gwen Eiffel. I only Gwen have Eiffel. one. Uh, I only see one Gwen Eiffel there clip. Be, one is GQ Gwen Eiffel yeah, MP3. That's, that's that's the first one, yeah. and then there's Subtle Eiffel. Okay, got that one. Part one and part two. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. okay. So now Gwen Eiffel said, "Well, you can play the first clip, and then I want to go into this little rant about this is." NPR, Gwen Eiffel wrote a hagiography. What is of that? Obama. What is a hagiography? Hagiography is a good word, by the Very way. Very good word. More often <laughs> let me, let me, let me just, uh, how do you spell that? H A G I O. Hagiography. It's like a biography, only it's. You haze someone? No, no, no. Let me just, say, let, me, let me just look at here from the Greek. It refers literally to writings on the subject of such holy people, and specific, specifically to the biographies of saints and 
ecclesiastical ecclesiastical yeah that's the one ecclesiastical leaders so so she wrote a hagiology about saint hey, obama hey geography hagiology hey about saint obama well if you look at the modern <laughs> definition it means that it's a fawning biography an idolatry and I, idolizing the guy you're by, you know, she wrote this thing. It's like, a, Obama's so great. Oh, I'm in love with him. I wish I could marry Obama. That's a hey geography. Okay? And who is this woman? Or hey geography. Who is this woman, you. Gwen Eiffel? We, Gwen I've heard Eiffel of her. is one of the anchors on, on the news. Hour. Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, she's the rather she's the black woman. There's a, there was something of a fuss when she was one of the moderators in the, in moderator right. in the debates. And so right. She, right. she has got she is so compromised about Obama. She should not be on the air. She's very good yeah. at what she does. She has a bunch. She has some national shows. She recently had she gave a she gets hired to do like a, a thing recently with Sibelius where she got to announce her and she's Oh, I was no conflict of interest. No conflict. It's bull crap. She's completely compromised. She's got enough skills. She should go to work for one of the ABC. She should get <laughs> off PBS. Let me just see. Let me just see. Uh, she serves on the board of the Harvard Institute of Politics. Uh, I'm looking for something very obvious. Um, I don't think she's on the Council of Foreign Relations. No, she's not. A, I don't think she's CFR. Where did she go to school? Simmons College. How did she... Uh, Hmm. Okay, hold on a second. Parents from Barbados, money laundering. Uh, uh, I interesting. She's a Manchurian news candidate, is what she is. <laughs> yeah. And we well, play the first one. That- <laughs> Revival clip. Repeated what we had heard earlier. It is interesting to see sometimes the things that are on script and things that are off script. Today I heard Paul Ryan, people were yelling out to him, no teleprompter, which he was not using. He says, I keep hearing that everywhere I go. They should probably tell them right. that Romney's using Romney. a teleprompter yes. these days. But that's beside the point because the other thing that Mitt Romney was trying to do was take charge, as we mentioned, of the, of the Medicare issue. And so he set out to answer questions about his Medicare plan, but ended up, this is yesterday, reviving the debate over how much he's paid in income taxes. Okay. So she brings this up. She's, <laughs> she wants to keep that Democrat meme going about uh, Romney and his income taxing. Right. Okay, so she does that in an ad-libbed uh, part of the show. So, so later in this, she's having this discussion with this woman who just thinks everything's hilarious, and play Eiffel Part One, where she drops this little tidbit, which is bullcrap, right at the beginning of a segment, and and it goes on for another fifteen minutes, and you can see her look on her face because somebody's yelling in her ear after she says mm. this. False. Now, this raises a couple of different questions. One is that Paul Ryan put out his tax returns from the last two years late tonight, and he paid more than Mitt Romney paid in taxes, just to be, for the record, makes a lot less money also. But why? Okay. Wait a minute. Explain that. She said that Paul Ryan paid more taxes than Mitt Romney, and even though he makes less money. That's not true. He might have paid a higher percentage. Yes. But not more and money. that's when we watched about 10 more minutes and you can see the look on her face that somebody in the control room is screaming at her so let's just explain this for a second because i think it's important because you do not get this analysis anywhere else but on the best podcast in the universe when you file your taxes um you uh, you can do it a number of ways and one way if you prefer to go for a schedule c i believe it is you can make deductions so for instance 
um, you can uh, if you go somewhere for work, you can uh, deduct your travel expenses, and you deduct that off the top before you get to your tax rate. Right? Is that am I? Because I'm not an well, expert in that, this. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways of going about this, and it's possible that. You could pay a higher rate and have more deductions or pay a lesser rate and have less deductions, or you can have so, some so why is it? professionals. Let me ask you this. Why is it, John, that uh, uh, Willard Romney uh, paid 13% over his income tax? Is that because he had a lot of deductions? Well, I think it was a lot of interest income. He's not working. For one thing, he's got no job. Mm-hmm. So he's what's where's all his money coming from? It's either from selling investments, which right. is which capital is gains, capital which gains. is very low right now, yeah. or he's got interest income or other, you know, some sort of uh, uh, retirement money coming from Bain or whoever. Right. He's not making. He doesn't have a job, so his interest is his. <laughs> he's his just get, is going to be way down. He's just getting by. Well, I don't know about that, but anyway, so she makes this assertion. The guy, meanwhile, she. Well, oh, she I'm sorry, I, I have to interrupt you again. Is that therefore unfair? No, it's not unfair, and that's not the point of what I'm trying to make here. No, I know that, but I just want to make sure that we understand. that. So if you have no job, yet you have $100 million, it's not unfair that you pay less taxes because you have no job. Is that – I'm if just I'm, Yeah, okay, here I am. I'm, let's just put my – It's important. It's important. do need to understand this. Yeah. I'm sitting here, God forbid, with $100 million in the bank. Mm-hmm. And so every once in a while, I take some money out, or I find some way, I run it through a business that I started. This a scam business. Get, get, get some hookers. Get some whatever. Hookers. Yeah, I got a hundred million bucks, and let's say, well, you know, everything's kind of paid for. I'm just getting, literally, just getting by. I'm not spending the hundred million dollars. I'm spending what I need to get by, and most of that's a write-off. Right. So then my taxes are going to be next to nothing. If I well, and people say, well, this guy's got a hundred million dollars. He's already paid taxes on that hundred million dollars. That's what's left. Of whatever the heck it was that he had before, which was probably $250 million or $200 million or who knows what. It's beside the point. If you don't have a job, you're not really going to be paying a lot of taxes no matter, no matter how much money you have. And that's the situation Romney's in. He really hasn't had a job for 10 years. Great. So okay. 10 years of his taxes are going to be ludicrous. Nope. They're going to be crazy. I think the point you made is he's already paid taxes on that money. Yeah. All right. I'm just to get you back on track. Because <clears throat> did you pull up? I'm going to play play the clip again, where she incorrectly states that uh, Paul Ryan paid more in taxes. Where that's not true. Monetarily, it could never have been more, or could have been, but probably wasn't. But it was a higher percentage. And then I'll let you go. False. Now this raises a couple of different questions. One is that Paul Ryan put out his tax returns from the last two years late tonight, and he paid more than Mitt Romney paid in taxes, just to be, for the record, makes a lot less money also. But why? Makes a lot less money also. So she's pushing this meme. He made a lot less money. This is the, the meme that the Obama administration wants to promote, which is that, you know, it's unfair because somebody's paying more or less or whatever. And she is like part of this scheme. This is why our podcast is is so much better than these 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 compromised shows and this is and you've seen this you've seen the numbers the PBS NewsHour is considered the least of the compromised news <laughs> yeah, shows yeah my uncle don watches it and says this is truth it's close to it but you still have this subtle bull crap and this woman is part of this scheme and so meanwhile she has an IFB and i have to say i cannot she, of course she got hair over her that, ears that's a, a little, that's a little uh, thing that that's a little thing that you have in your ear so the IFB is in your ear if you're an anchor on any of these big stations you have a thing in your ear you well, see a lot of that go watch newsroom curly. go watch newsroom you'll understand yeah, how he's it already works. got it. it's a little curly thing and it's and it's designed <laughs> 
It's designed curly. to it's a have curly a sound. Thing. It's a curly thing. It's a little it's curly too. Sound. It actually has a sound thing, and the sound goes through the little curly thing. It's like a little curly. It's like a pigtail. It's, a it's curly. weird because I don't see why they just can't use a wire, but they won't use a wire. It's like think- it's it's actually it's essentially the same technology that airplanes used with those tubes yeah. for uh, yeah, your headphones. The tube. The tube. It's a tube. <laughs> it, why? I, I get the biggest kick out of this, but I why think they don't that? want to electrocute the guy or yeah, something, something like that. I don't know. Okay, it's a tube. So anyway, so she's got an IFB, and you can see that she's getting a thing. That's not true. You got to change it. You got to interrupt. You got to interrupt yourself. So it goes on for almost 10 minutes. A lot of people could have turned out. And then she follows up with this, with her correction. Yeah, by the way, I just want to clear it up. I said that Paul Romney paid more. He actually paid a higher rate than that Romney paid. Obviously, he didn't pay more in taxes. So what do, what do you do about that? Because we also heard. <laughs> so what do you do about that? He obviously <laughs> didn't pay more because, again, there's the meme, Romney's rich and obviously, you're not. Obviously. Anyway, hey, I you know what? One thing's for sure: we obviously did not pay any more than either of those guys. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Show us your taxes, slave. So we do have some people to thank for today's show, and I want to get to that, starting with Christopher Gray and Grand Blanc. Hey, I like I always that. get the biggest kick out of the name Grand Blanc, the big nothing. Mich- <laughs> was that good or what? That was great. Yeah, yeah you should just you know, make a clip <laughs> I'll of use, that. I'll use it for that. Just whenever it's needed, I'll bring it in. in Michigan and one, two, three, two, one, which is a palindrome. Uh, Howard Gutknecht. 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 Sir Howard to us, actually. Sir Howard. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you don't have to do it every time. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you got to save it. You got to. You got to okay. do it. You know. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go easy. We don't expect it. I'll go easy. See, I'm have to get one of those now. Yeah. See, which will make up for you stealing my uh, slide. I didn't bit. steal anything. You Seattle, Washington, one hundred and ten dollars. Double nickels on the dime to see it. It's not double nickels. It's, it's double what nickels. One hundred ten dollars is not double nickels on the dime. <laughs> it's double. It's uh, It's much better. I don't know though. what it is. Keep it up. It's double nickels on the dime. Keep it up. That's see, the see new. See if it gets. August 17th that's stream the, up and running. Why? Because it can't hurt. Okay. That's the PBS accounting. There's some sort of, uh, some sort of code in there. Racial code. Yeah, Sir sure. Andrew Haverson <laughs> in Gravenhurst, Ontario, $100. Received my knighthood with honor. With great company here at the round table. Recommend the hooker chardonnay combination. Would like to make an official record that I am ring size 30. Did, did, yeah, we are, he's already been a knight, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's a sir. But he needs a 13 and a half ring. Oh, crap. That's punching them in the mouth. We're oh, never going to yeah. push that for you. Got to send that to to uh, Ring, rings at noagendanation.com. Rings at noagendanation.com. Include your address and and your email address and your shipping address and uh, and everything else. Or like just that. instant message. And what do you on want Facebook. on? There's a little piece of paper that that confirms you're a knight. What do you want on there, Sir Andrew? Har- you know, what do you want on the paper? I have to do that too. Yeah, you should. Okay. Ed Boutelier. Le Boutelier. Le Boutelier. Le Boutelier in Hesperia, California, $100. Feeling a bit douchey. <laughs> so here's some liquid assets for you guys. Thank Maybe you. it'll buy a tank of gas. What does a tank of gas cost in that thing? $70. But it's a very small tank. Oh, yeah. you. That's right. It's too small. I have, I have to fill up two times a day. Le Boutelier. I mean, minimal. Uh, Christina Pascarello, a nice female listener, New Jersey. Jersey City. Jersey. 
My husband, Sean McGrath, called me out as a douchebag a while back. <laughs> so nice. And to I do would that like to, to douche myself. <laughs> Just a suggestion you should create an actual douchebag button similar to Staples' easy button and Spencer's bullshit button. That would be awesome. Another was one of those buttons that you can glue into the side of your That's desk. That's a good idea. Push it, yeah. And it says douchebag. Douche yeah. Well, let me deduce you. That's a thank you. Oops. <laughs> That's the button. And now let me deduce you. <laughs> You've been deduced. Thank you so much, Christina. Appreciate that. Since you're douchebag, why don't you give her some karma? Just yeah, of course. Do it as karma. Of course, karma. You've got karma. Okay, now we have someone from Brownsville, Texas, who sends 8330 and it says, anonymous donation. Here's 3310 for a challenge coin. Number 331, and add an extra 20 cents because I'm too lazy to remove it. Hmm. Looking for job search karma. Pelosi jobs, 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 shut up, slave karma shot would be much appreciated. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, we don't sell challenge coins. No, that's kind of, I don't understand. I mean, he's, he's got something. I'll send him an email and find out what he's trying Do to do. I don't even at. know if we have jobs, jobs, jobs anymore. No, that's long gone. Uh, well, no, it's not not actually gone. No, but it's long gone from the main panel. It is definitely, uh, in fact, uh, hold on, well, let, me, let, me, let me just see if I have it. I may have it. Jobs, yes. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's an oldie but a goodie. So give him a shut up, slave karma shot, and we'll be done with it. You got it. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Now, your buddy Kevin Kotzman in Austin. That's right. Comes in with 6969. <laughs> Austin based playwright here, morphing myself from a $5 a month semi boner into a first time donor with a note. Ooh. Here's 6969 to help Adam and Mickey haul the sin bin back to the great state of Texas and support your unparalleled media deconstruction. Where would I be without my weekly elitist New World Order BS enema? <laughs> now, that is a slogan. Your, let me just, <clears throat> no agenda. Your unparalleled media deconstruction. Your weekly elitist New World Order BS enema. Flush it out with no agenda. This donation is my birthday gift to myself. I turned 30 on the 19th and needed some smash hit off Broadway play karma for my new internet sex comedy. If you start a fire, be prepared to burn. Wow. And he opens off Broadway in New York? On the 14th. Awesome. The about a, yeah, I expect to get a backstage pass. What's, what's the conceit of the show? What do you mean the conceit? That's what, that's what you call the it. The show is about a couple of smoking hot 20-something slaves who turn to online sex to survive the recession. Awesome. As such, only a 6969 will do. Details are at ifyoustartafire.com. He needs a slide whistle, LDS, rain stick. Oh. What's uh -oh. the LDS? Well, the, he's just referring to your he, oh, he the rain you stick. The rain uh, stick but if you do that. No, no, I can't do the rain stick. Because it'll, no. it'll it, and we don't want to rain on your parade. Let me just for one second. If you start a fire dot com, this sounds like a winner, John. We could be. It could be. We'll, we'll follow up on him. Uh, but we, that, why don't you just give? We'll give him a slide whistle, karma, and we're going to have to leave the rain stick for out Thursday for obvious dangerous obvious. reasons. It's too dangerous. Yeah, I mean, the responsibility comes with the rain stick. You know, we can't just be slapping that thing around everywhere. All right, you do the slide whistle. Here comes the karma. You've got karma. 
let me just check if you start a fire.com. Hey, if you start, hey, if you start a fire.com, it's not, uh, re- if you start, it's not resolving. Well, it's probably not re- ready to go yet. Well, <laughs> okay. No, I good, just Good luck with says. that. Uh, oh, no, it's www.ifyoustartafire.com. Oh, please. Yeah, that's, Who's uh, the sysop on that, yeah, do- that uh, hosting service? Let me see. What, L- 1992? Yeah, Lucy and Chris are typical American 20-somethings struggling to survive the Great Recession with their dignity intact. They hate their job. You know what? We need to do some script rewrites on this. So it would be Lucy and Chris are typical American 20-somethings just getting by... In the Great Recession. So we need to... Uh, I need to see the script. I need to see the script. And we yeah, need to get... they do a lot of... With these scripts, they take a lot... They, the big, bigger shows, they, yeah. they work them over yeah. forever. And, and we need to get... Uh... But he's already going to be off Broadway in New York. That's a good thing. That's so very we, good. we can go That's visit. Very good. Yeah, cool. Congratulations, man. Hope the karma works. Rain stick coming Tom, on Thursday. Thomas Ballard in Wingo, Kentucky. Also... Uh-oh. 69. Greetings from Gitmo Nation Bourbon. The show has been kicking ass, but I'd like to hear even more conspiracy theories. Oh, Hell, make a right. segment of conspiracy right. theories that turned out to be true. <laughs> I will not... keep this short. Over the past four years, I've been robbed twice. My wife lost her job, and oh. my mom was put on disability and lost her house to foreclosure. Probably oh, a scam. no. So feel yeah. free to give me a chemtrail job karma shot. <clears throat> we need it. Chemtrail job karma. Chemtrails. You've got karma. Yeah, I got something for you about that, by the way. I got something for him coming up, second half of the show. Robert Leather, Manchester, uh, oh, UK. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big supporter, big uh, help on the No Agenda News Network. 6968, which I count as... Also covering email in header. Hi, Adam and John. I'd like to donate 6968. She can owe me one. <laughs> In order to get a birthday, best wishes for a sexy, curvy MILF's Miss Sue. That's actually kind of, that's a good one. Sixty nine, sixty eight, and the person can owe you one. That's a, that's Working a, away that's a is making, all the, making it all the more clear how much she means to me. And I just wanted to have a special birthday shout out on the only show I listen to these days. Can I have a karma MILF combo? And you never know, I might get lucky. Yeah, yeah you might uh, not get a cork fee. Is the way we uh, see that. Milf. That's one mother I like. You've got karma. James Wolgamuth from Parts Unknown 5650. Uh, thanks for the show, guys. Keeps me going while working all the live long day on Uncle Warren's Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> Wooly and Everett. Good one. I like that. Warren Buffett's Northern. Oh, right. Tom Bushy in St. Paul, Minnesota, 5569. As a No Agenda producer, I'd like to call for an official investigation of JCD's <laughs> shady accounting practice surrounding the recent 6969 affair. Yes, I object. I wouldn't be surprised if there's also some numerous violations of Sarbanes-Oxley in its accounting department, which <laughs> seems to be full, full of his relatives. relatives. <laughs> I'm calling for all producers to support the investigation to donate double nickels on the 69. <laughs> for the investigation. How, do we need a quorum for this investigation? And I'm, I'm down with it. I, I, I think you scammed us, too. Bull crap. <laughs> Thomas Hockman in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You he, were just he, there. He was at the meetup. That's right. 5555. 
Great meeting you guys at the meetup. Here's some gas money to keep you on the journey back to Camp Mofo. Can I get a Huntsman Karma shot for me and my gorgeous Chinese wife, Susie? Yes, of course. You've got karma. Apparently, he has a, he still holds a condo near Hong Kong, and Ms. Mickey and I are invited to use it whenever we wish. Really? Yeah. Can I get in on this action? Well, of course, if you want to sleep in the same bed. Well, and I don't want to be there when you're there. Anyway. Probably. Okay. Uh, where was I? Oh, what happened? Oh. Nothing. Uh, I, I went the wrong way. No. Yeah. Thanks. Well, that's not a first. Okay, here we go. That's Greg Steerly in Santa Monica, California, our old buddy, 5555, one request. Next time John gets the helium voice on Skype, have him sing the Oompa Loompa song while Adam plays the slide <laughs> Do you know the Oompa uh-huh. Loompa song? Yeah. I don't know the song. I've Oompa only Loompa. Ba, 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 ba. I don't know the song. Huh. Sam Sloan, LaBelle, Pennsylvania, double nickels on the dime. Drunk donation. No. Love the show, guys. Hey, Mrs. <laughs> Dvorak, tell Leo I only listen to Twit when you're on, and I'm not going to buy a Ford. <laughs> the trucks and Mustangs aren't bad, but I... Can you call out Mike DiLorenzo as a douchebag, douchebag for not listening and for doing so much in Call of Duty MW3? Can I get a ringtone? He's for dying so much. Dying so much. Can I get a ringtone? Ringtone, John, hey, Sam, plus little girl, shut up, slave, two shots to the head. Hey, Mr. Curry, congrats on the wedding. Play, that's one hot milf for Mickey. I know it does not apply, but she is hot. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to. So what do we have to do here? Hey, Sam. Now you have to say, hey, Sam. Hey. Do I say, hey, Sam? You say, hey, Sam. Little girl, oh, shut up, slave, two shots to the... Wait, little girl, shut up, slave, two shots to the head. Okay, so you just say, hey, Sam. Okay, ready? Yeah. Hey, Sam. Shut up, slave. That's a ringtone right there, baby. That's a ringtone. That's a ringtone. Jay Sherman in East Dubuque, Illinois. Double niggles on the dime. Longtime douchebag, first-time donor. Going to Las Vegas Sunday so I can use a Hey Citizen Karma, please. If I come ahead from Vegas, I will donate some of the winnings. Late congrats to Mickey and Adam. Keep up the great work. Hey, Citizen. You've got karma. Uh, okay. Um, Mike Nikolaychuk in Paris. So, yeah, Paris. <laughs> He's in Paris. He's in Paris, Saskatchewan. Saskatoon is known to the locals. Uh, double nickels on the dime. Uh, please give a shout out and some karma to my band, The Noble Liars. Yeah, it's a good band. I like the band. Is it? Yeah, it's a very good band. Yeah, they have a fourth album coming out, so they're yep. not no slouches. And it's going to be amazing. Some songs are already on the stream, courtesy of Gitmo Slave. Special thanks to Void Zero for contributing to repair our website when it dies or continuing. Adam, you are wrong. About the Mars probe. Why? Because the probe has 10 experiments, two of which are lasers that burn holes in rock. It's powered by plutonium. Plutonium plus high-powered lasers equals defense project. It's there to fry Martians, you denier. <laughs> I'm sad that you put so little time into the analysis of the probe yet are so sure it's fake. Yeah, I'm still there sure. is a video of the probe landing taken by the orbiter, and it was released the day after the landing. There are tons of resources about the probe, but you have chosen not to apply your investigative skills. As you said, you simply don't care. Also, 
The reason you see pieces of curiosity in every picture is for scaling. Oh. It's been a common practice in science photography since cameras were invented. Oh. You place an object of the image in a known size to scale the rest of the image. And that's the end. Oh, wait, there must be more. He says more. So lay off the probe. <laughs> a space dreamer's dream. In other words. Shut up, slave. All right. All right. I'm not going to lay off because I'm just not a believer. I'm allowed. And then Kyle Bauer, Wooster, Ohio, and Jason Fortune uh, in Geneva, Illinois, both came in with 50 bucks. And that concludes our uh, donation segment. There was a couple of. Uh, I, just, I just have the, the quick. Minor- Oh, yeah, I just have the quick hot pockets. So we got uh, from the meetup, Thomas Hawkman, again, uh, associate executive producer, uh, Jeff Tuig, and uh, Steve Foster, and Liz. And actually, they sent a note, which I want to read. It was on a... Uh, these meetups are funny. People come and they... He drove five hours, but he didn't come completely prepared. It's written on half of a ripped envelope. Greetings, gentlemen, and Ms. <laughs> Mickey. This should be enough to get you through one day on the road. Uh, by the way, $200. Thank you very much. My beautiful girlfriend Liz and I <coughs> are tired of being boners and thought that the best way to rectify the situation was a cash donation in person. It was only a five-hour drive. Nothing compared to what you were going through, Adam. Request a de-douching and a nuclear job karma, which we did. Uh, I will need to pass. I needed to pass the interview since I have a beard and refuse to shave it. Keep up the great work and hope to see you on the next tour. I, by the way, think his beard looks very distinguished. Yeah, it's kind of a reddish beard. Kind of, you know, in, um, I think uh, it actually adds to uh, a lot of guys look great with a beard. Yeah, you you look like an, a nuke head. I mean, come on. Like, I thought it looked good. Nothing we, you know, nothing wrong with that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do want to give him an extra special karma shot for some nuke karma there. You've got karma. Highly deserved, no doubt about it. We also have uh, just a note that Metal Dog Machines have been trying to empty their PayPal account to us, uh-huh. which is only a few bucks, but it's been a nightmare for them. And it finally got through. Just a message for them. Good. And uh, that should do it. All right. Well, a reminder. This is a value-for-value value proposition. You would not hear this deconstruction on any any type of commercial podcast or any type of commercial mainstream television show because it, they would be off the air. Sponsors would be gone. No money. End of show. So the only way we can continue to bring this to you with, I might add, a heaping full of entertainment is uh, through your donations at Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Uh, Dean Bertram congratulates his daughter Deanna turning uh, 10, uh, or turn 10 on August 17th, and she'll become a dame momentarily. Kevin Kautzman congratulates himself. Uh, he turns 30 on the 19th. And Robert, uh, shout out to his MILF, Miss Sue. Uh, she will be celebrating her birthday, age unknown and inappropriate to mention. Uh, uh, what today? I guess today is the nineteenth, right? Yeah. Happy birthday from all of your buddies here on the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And then we do have one uh, nighting, and this uh, is for Dean Bertram's daughter. So uh, if you could uh, draw the uh, the Dame Sword, John. <laughs> Ow! No, no, no! Not yet, John. Not yet. Okay. Deanna Bertram, step forward, please. Your daddy-o has brought you up to status of a dame. Now, when you go to school, you can tell everybody 
that you are a dame of the No Agenda Roundtable. And if any of those douchebags at school question that, have them call Uncle John and Uncle Adam. We'll take care of that for you. So hereby we pronounce the Dame Bertram, Deanne Bertram, Dame Deanne Bertram, Dame of the No Agenda Roundtable. Come on over and sit with your Uncle John and Uncle Adam. <laughs> Well, you know, I gotta, I gotta adjust it a little bit. She's ten. Yes, she sit right here next to me. <laughs> Come here. So, uh, uh, hey, listen, man, listen. That was good. Yeah, listen, 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 listen. Uh, so we're on our way back to Tejas, and uh, we've got some crazy, crazy crap going on in Texas right now. Uh, if you uh, had not heard about it. Uh, we are all going to die because the West Nile virus is rampant. Oh. Now, I this, guess in Texas, they they, 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 they tend to, a couple people got it. Well, I've done a little bit They're of research. spraying the place yeah. with poison. Yeah, this is, uh, so I've done a little bit of research on this. And uh, let me uh, actually put this under, here we go. Let me first play uh, the report. Uh, this, I believe, is CBS. It's CBS. And they bring on some guy from the Department of Preventative Medicine. And he's going to tell us exactly how this works. And uh, and and there's a historical context to this, which ho- I'm hoping you will recall. So far this year, paradoxically, because those areas have had a drought, and you would have thought that the drought would have inhibited the development of the mosquitoes. <sighs> but as it turns out, in a drought, you have pools, limited pools of water that draws the mosquitoes but also draws the birds. The mosquitoes bite the birds, become infected, and then bite humans. So is this uh, automatically like a a bird flu? The mosquitoes bite the birds. They get the the whatever, the West Nile virus. How does a mosquito even bite a bird? (laughs) It's like, hey, bird, come here, bitch. I'm going to bite you. I don't know. Mosquitoes bite birds, apparently. This was very, very informative to me. And so... Paradoxically, the drought has actually accelerated the spread of West Nile. Check this out. So what do you say when you hear that? Well, there isn't much sign that this drought is going to end any time soon. Yes, it will. Well, they don't know about you and that stick. (laughs) Thank you. I'm coming with my stick, baby. And by the way, we have something called winter. So the drought will end. This is not like, you know, we got fall. It's never going to end in the history of mankind. Global warming. We're going to die. So what are your fears for this spread of the virus? How much worse could it get? Well, it could get worse, and that's why everybody is urging preventive measures. Oh, preventive measures. Ah, listen up. To search around the house for any pools of standing water where... (laughs) John! The house? Do you have a pool of standing water in your living room by any chance? (laughs) What? Yeah, look, make sure you don't have... a house? Yeah, what do you... Oh, there's a glass. Standing water! You left a glass of water in your room. (laughs) Clean up your room. Where mosquitoes might breed. Use insect repellent. Oh, this is great advice. If you're going out and about, particularly in the evenings or early morning, take your hookers. Wear long sleeve oh. garments and long trousers. This is, this is so. I'm I'm listening to this. I'm like, okay, this. They're not even going to sell a vaccine to me. What is this? What is going on? And just use insect repellent. Constantly. Are we talking epidemic <laughs> proportions here? This is I good. Bathe in it. Epidemic proportions. Well, there. It's certainly a large outbreak, and a large outbreak is often called an epidemic. 
it's a bit of a slippery slope. <laughs> and also one of those sensational words you have to be careful, of course, about using. That's why we just use it over and over again. If you have been bitten by a mosquito that happens to have been infected... Oh, by the way, it was the BBC. I'm sorry, it wasn't CBS. Mosquito. Mosquito. ...with West Nile virus. What are the symptoms that you would get and what kind of treatment is available? Now, this is very interesting. John, do you know the symptoms of the West Nile virus and what it actually is and how you die from it? It's like a mild flu. Yeah. Well, the symptoms are, first of all, fever, you can have chills, feeling poorly, aches and pains, and that may be all. But a small proportion of people go on to develop West Nile encephalitis. Now, that's the key word, encephalitis. That you don't want that. That's the key word. That is, the encephalitis is basically uh, a head... Um, Brain swelling. Zombie. I'm thinking zombie virus. That's what encephalitis is. Listen. The older you are, John, the more likely that is to occur. Uh And, of course, that's an infection that involves the brain, and you lose uh, the function to think. (laughs) You become the walking dead. And you can become comatose. Yeah. And that's obviously the most serious kind of infection. Yes. The, the, the treatment is supportive care at the moment. Ah, <laughs> uh, do you feel better? <laughs> you know, most people supportive care. over 50... <laughs> Let me send you a card. You've got the zombie virus. West Nile one time or another in their lives. This is not a, a problematic situation. Well... Essentially, we take care of you while your body fights off the virus. Okay, Dr. Schaffner, you mentioned the kind of things that individuals can do, but in Texas they're already taking measures at a state level. They want to start spraying some of the cities, I understand, from the air. They haven't done that since Lyndon Johnson was president. Now, this is very interesting to me, and I'm hoping you can add some historical perspective as a, uh, you know, now that you have your doctorate in, uh, in history. Um, Lyndon B. Johnson sprayed the population of, I believe at the time, Houston, uh, Gemini was launching, and multiple people at Mission Control, the way I understand it, had a ce- encephalitis, so not even necessarily uh, West Nile virus, but encephalitis, and he, he just went ahead and just sprayed the whole population. And I will say, I've been to Houston. I think, I think it had effect. <laughs> what, Houston's always been that way. What the hell happened? And, you know, this spraying is an issue. Now, this happens all the time. Do you ever take an international flight in the good old days <coughs> where yeah. the guy walks, where two guys with masks on? Never had that happen. I've had it happen twice. They, and I've seen it before. There was in one of the movies. I think it was the one of the, uh, the Crocodile Dundee films or one of one of these and films. And they spray the, the passengers? They, you cut, you're in a big 747, and they right. come down the aisle, and they this, spray everybody. This is the same thing that happened with the bird flu. They were spraying everybody on airplanes. Yeah, well, there was some malathion just in case there's a random mosquito. They used to spray the population of California routinely yeah. for all kinds of things because we're an agricultural state and we don't need yeah, but, any but John, aggravation. John, John, this is not something spraying, that bothers me. Spraying insecticides can't be healthy for you. It's a very low. No, it can't be. Thank you. But it's extremely low, low, low. It's like it's, if you stay inside for a, it, this is not something that people should fret about. Oh, yeah? Well, why don't you book a ticket to Dallas and go stand there with your mouth open? I'm, that's not what you're supposed to do, by the way. Oh, oh, okay. Well, Stand so- there with your mouth open. <laughs> or say, hey, why don't you pour some in? Why don't you just give me some straight? No, that's not the idea. What are you supposed to do? Just stay inside? 
Stay inside for a so, few hours. So no. So we just shut down the city of Dallas. It wouldn't hurt. So they um, someone tried to file an injunction. They always do. Some it's usually an old hand ringing old lady or something like that. Well, listen to uh, the response to this from the local Dallas uh, elites. Injunction's been filed. I'm told by the. Uh Emergency manager for the state of Texas. Oh, that wasn't an old lady, John. It was the emergency manager for the state of Texas. Said, uh, How do you now, know that's not an old lady? Could be an old man. Saying the state's lawyers. As long as state's lawyers. Is that an old lady? Could be. Because we're under the state of, of emergency, uh, and these, these disaster declarations this spring will go forward. We're going to take the steps necessary today to ensure that the home rule cities have the, the uh, capability to protect their citizens. And what can you tell us about the injunction? Where was it filed? Who filed it on behalf of who? Um, I, I don't know. I have not read the document. <laughs> he should have just said some old lady. I know it exists, <laughs> and I didn't need to see it to get on the calls with my state counterparts and begin the work. So you don't have to go through any sort of special legal wranglings to be able to forge ahead? Uh, the state's uh, top lawyers and our top lawyers are looking at that, but the state's top lawyers are telling me that we do not. And I'll be meeting with my lawyers in the next 120 seconds, as soon as the cameras turn on. And the purpose of this clearly is to get this spring to stop? Yes, and what the CDC tells me as far as that goes in the most hard-hit areas is... Uh, the delay in spraying can be counted in the number of West Nile cases and potential deaths, and so we're not going to let that happen. So, in other words, uh, hmm. Shut up, slave. Now, I wanted to know who was doing the spraying. Is this the state of Texas? And they showed on the news two aircraft, two King Air um, aircraft. And, of course, they're stupid enough to show that to me, and I see the tail number, November 7 to Juliet, and uh, if you uh, put that into the Googles, it comes up with Dynamic a- 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 AV Lease Inc. in Bridgewater, Virginia. Yep, uh, Virginia. Yeah. And what was it? What's the tail number again? November 7 to Juliet. I, you, I mean, I can just skip ahead for you. Uh, one of their big clients is CDC. So it is the CDC who is spraying. Now I yeah, ask you. I would have guessed after listening to that guy. Yeah, but I, I ask you. Uh, do you still feel comfortable if the CDC is... Uh, well, I, don't, I think the CDC is compromised. So. I'm sorry? I, said, I, I, I think the CDC is compromised. Thank based you. On some of the stuff that's been going on. I think the, the local uh, authorities should make these decisions for their citizens. But Yeah, but they're not. When, during the days of the spraying in California, it was the state of California. Well, this is not. This is, your, this is the government. This is the CDC. Well, I don't understand why the feds, what do they got to do with it? What do they care about? Because it's, it's the it's, zombie virus, and they're trying oh, to stop it. I get it. Okay. Hey, citizen. Put your head back, open your mouth, and let the spray in. <laughs> it's good for you. And the chat room is saying the fluoride's not working, so they have to <laughs> they have to spray. Uh, I find this abhorrent. Yeah, apparently you do. Yeah. Well, I'm. Uh, you know, what if uh, all of a sudden we have West Nile virus in Austin? Hey, well, this won't happen in uh, California. I think encephalitis is uh, could be the zombie virus that everyone's been talking about. We've heard a lot about the on this tour. People are talking about the zombie virus. You, you know, your head swells up. You you become yeah. Let me see. Symptoms include headache, fever, confusion, drowsiness, and zombie-like behavior. It says it right here on Wikipedia. It does not. <laughs> Convulsions, tremors, hallucinations, and memory problems. None of this is yeah, very no, good. Yeah, no, it's not good to get it's that. Definitely That's a not bad good. Thing. Now, well, so. Well, I'm sorry. 
Go on, finish off your little thing because I have one last. I have a crackpot ad to this, well, and then you're done. Oh well, I have more about spraying and vaccines. So why don't you add your crack? Spraying and vaccines. Yeah, add your crack. Go ahead. No, mine, mine's about UFOs. Oh, okay. Um, so this is uh, the news report that we've probably, heard, I hope you've heard by now. Military officials say more soldiers committed suicide last month than any other month on record. The 38 suicides include active and non-active duty soldiers in the Army, National Guard, and Reserve. And the Army has confirmed 120 suicides so far this year. Last month, the Secretary of Defense said the U.S. military was facing an epidemic of suicides. So, um... This, by the I, way, way, I wonder how many are actually suicides and other ones cover-ups for guys who were assassinated for coming into the CO and saying, hey, uh, you know, I'm getting sick of, of guarding these poppy fields for the uh, <laughs> douchebags. Who are these CIA guys? What are these guys? I'll tell you one thing, though. You know, if you and everyone at this point in America, I'm convinced, is a veteran or knows a veteran or has one in their family, just talk to them. Yeah, just listen to what they have to say, and and then think think very hard about sending more of our boys and girls into sand to go kill brown people. You know, th- clearly uh, these are very smart, motivated individuals who are coming home very, very, very upset and disturbed about what's going on. This is you know this is uh, historical and it's of epidemic proportions, as they say in the news there. But of course. We have a solution. The Army is so brilliant, and I'm glad that you're a chemical engineer, John, because you'll be able to help me with this solution that our our, our military-industrial complex has come up with. Because, you know, if you feel depressed, if you feel like killing yourself, we've got the answer. Volunteers at Coffee Strong near Joint Base Lewis-McChord are guiding veterans to health and financial benefits. Did your vision dramatically change in the service? And Jim Morrison, a 65-year-old Navy vet, says he needs plenty of help, from diabetes to joint pain. Well, there's 22 pills that I take every day. But he doesn't take anything for his post-traumatic stress. Talking to me is more help to deal with it than medication is. So what does he think about the recent move by the Army to study a nasal spray that could ward off suicidal thoughts? I'm not buying it. The Army is buying it, spending $3 million to study a suicide-stopping neurochemical called TRH delivered in a nose spray. Doctors say TRH, taken nasally, could decrease depression immediately, not after weeks of waiting like with antidepressants such as Zoloft. And immediate help is needed, as 26 U.S. soldiers took their lives in July, the highest number for any month in Army history. Suicide has been a concern of Army leaders for many years. Shut up, asshole. Thyrotropin-releasing hormone. And this is not something new. This has been around for a long time. They've done studies since the since the 80s on this. And I'm very, very concerned about this uh, development because this, of course, will also uh, be introduced to your children eventually. You know, if your kid feels down, they just uh, take a shot. Uh, here we have a report, which I, I couldn't get the full report, from 1984, uh, in the from the Neuropsychobiology International Journal, Violent Suicidal Behavior and the Thyrotropin-Releasing Hormone, a Clinical Outcome Study, Abstract, a Relation Between Abnormal Response of Thyroid-Stimulating Hormone to Thyrotropin-Releasing Hormone and a Personal History of Violent Suicidal Behavior was observed in a sample of 60 depressive women. 
Patients with a blunted THS response to TRH were also at greater risk for the subsequent suicide. There was no relationship between TSH response to TRH and age, severity of depression, and uh, polarity of the illness. Uh, This sounds just like crazy. So we have the, you know, the problem is, of course, we're at war that no one understands, and it's just to move drugs and protect pipelines. Explain that to people, and then make them let them make an informed decision whether they they want to go ahead and pretend to be uh, that they're on a patriotic mission. No, instead we're going to give them a nasal spray, which uh, sends your thyroid into hyperdrive. Are you familiar with this process? No, no. It sounds like something of uh, some of these drug experimenters would like to be playing with. Well, I'm very, very concerned about this. If you, it, it's on the book of knowledge. Uh, TRH. And uh, right off the bat here, it says, TRH has been used clinically for the treatment of spinocerebellar degeneration and disturbance of consciousness in humans. I mean, you're going to give this to troops? Yeah, that way they won't have any conscience. Right. <laughs> no conscience. Hey, just shoot another guy. Maybe that's that, that guy, that crazy guy. That Remember the guy who shot a bunch of people, and then he came back to the base, and then, yeah, yeah do, 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 do. how you doing, Bill? Yeah, pretty good. And then he went out and shot some more guys, and now he's under arrest. Hey, hey, Bill, have some nasal spray. Yeah, spray. I need some of my nasal spray. <laughs> I got to go out. I'll be right back. Remember that, that guy? Yeah, yeah, it could totally be the nasal spray. It, I mean, it literally says... Uh, disturbance of consciousness. With conscience or conscious? Conscience. Uh, oh, no, it says consciousness. So that means you'd be kind of uh, hallucinating yeah. while you're... Yeah, you're, you're, in a, you're in a funk. You're in a... Yeah, in a hallucinatory state. It's like when you're half asleep and then you're kind of dreaming. It travels across the median eminence to the anterior... Pituitary gland, pituitary gland, via the hypothesis seal portal system, hmm, Stargate, well, where yeah. it stimulates the release of thyroid. The, you, the people grape about my pronunciation of people's names from Holland. Uh, no, I, I know I suck at this. You always, you always correct me. Here, uh-huh. it stimulates the release of thyroid stimulating hormone, and excess levels levels inhibit dopamine, which then stimulate the release of prolactin, which in turn decreases GnRH. Yeah, yeah. Give me me a double dose of that. (laughs) TRH has antidepressant and anti-suicidal properties, and in 2012, the U.S. Army awarded a research grant. Concerning. Uh, It's going to be given with Shamanix and some of these other... uh, (laughs) Shampix. Shantix, no, Shantix, Shantix, that's what it is, Shantix. Shantix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. Oh, yeah, you're having bad dreams? Yeah, you're just, you'd be so doped up on God knows what. Why doesn't Wikipedia just say, it's poison? Why don't they just put that in there? Why all these complicated You can edit it, put it in, see how long it lasts. Before the drug companies who are getting an RSS, by the way, people don't know this. You go edit some of these these monitored pages on Wikipedia, oh, yeah. and as soon as you put one thing in, an RSS alert goes right out to the guy that's monitoring it. Yeah. And he changes it within five minutes. It's changed back. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. I know. 
Well, although you can slip the stuff in casually, carefully amongst a lot of edits. Like you go and you do a bunch of editing of like, it looks like grammar and some of these other things. And then you slip in the zinger and then you keep, you know, and then they might not notice. Everybody's uh, out on the web. You know, we have a jobs, jobs, jobs situation these days. And everybody, you know, starting with the queen, the queen, uh, the lizard queen of Gitmo Nation East is, is putting their help wanted ads on the web. So to be in the chance of being the royal household's newest recruit, you'll need to be ready to assist in maintaining vehicles as well as driving them. And expect a starting salary of around £23,000. And most importantly, you'll need the ability to deploy tact and diplomacy when necessary. This is the, uh, to become the queen's driver. £23,000, you know, to be able to have tact and diplomacy, and she's put this on her website. Did they give you free room and board? That doesn't sound like enough money to live in London. <laughs> I think you live at the palace. I think you get a, a shack. You live in the garage, in the garage. You live in the... Oh, the little room in the back. Yes, you can sleep in the car. I don't think we get that, will we? We're, we're not going to get the job. Um, no. Listen, I love their royal reporter. Just listen to the speech impediment the woman has. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> Tim apparently not so good at parking. There's park. so, so much room in Buckingham Park as a palace. You could kind of parallel in past Princess Anne. She can where she likes, can't she? Yeah, exactly. Isn't it odd that this is being advertised <laughs> to anyone? Well, this is an opening of the the household, Tim. It's, we've seen more and more jobs being advertised on the website that increasingly it's open to all of us. I mean, there's quite a lot of us Ooh. that can qualify for this job, a clean driving license, and most of us think we're pretty tactful. So uh, we, it, it is a very open job. And there was a job advertised in June for the uh, a Royal Household uh, Manager. And Ooh. also we've got one that there's a few up at the moment. There's a butcher in Windsor and a payroll manager. So Hey, John, 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 what are we doing this stupid podcast for? We can get a gig. Yeah, I can be a butcher in Windsor. <laughs> <laughs> I can be an accountant. Household is really opening itself up to the best candidates, not necessarily people who've been coaches all their lives. And often, drivers, protection officers, do often come from the police ranks and the army ranks. Wanks. Also- wanks. Because they can't say the R, these elitists. Wanks. It's really yeah, weird. Yeah, it's funny. It's yeah. A, 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 what's her wanks. name? The interviewer the, uh, on ABC. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, another. She can't say the R. It's like wanks. They're already security yeah, vetted. Yeah, code. Yeah. And they have it's had code. The, it's code from a dick. The driving training that the average driver has. Driving training. Had. It's different now. That's what you'd need, though, wouldn't you? Because- I, I, I'd like to be a beef eater. Hey-o. So um, they're not the only ones advertising on the web. Have you heard about the Al-Qaeda's advertising on the webs, John? Oh, that would make sense. Now, That's where you want to go. Yeah. Now, uh, I do want to mention, uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll deconstruct this for you, but the uh, CBS, CBS has Gail Shepard, who, of course, uh, she is a journalist, you know. Because uh, she investigated Oprah for all those years, so apparently she's uh, she's a, a journalist now on the CBS News in the morning. And uh, there's this was one- she an investigator or a hagiographer? I think a hagiographer would be more appropriate. And um, what's interesting is that all of this propaganda comes from one place. And this is Sight, and we've talked about Sight before, S-I-T-E. And you should look at their uh, at their website, actually. Let me uh, the Sight Intelligence Group. They're the ones that translate all these websites and monitor websites, the jihadist websites, who never have a link to the website, by the way. And if you just, it's uh, SightIntelGroup.com, and this is a totally, you know, so they monitor two things. Uh, uh, Al-Qaeda and white supremacists. Those are the two things they monitor. So they've always got their jihadist news and their crazy white guy news. 
and they have social network jihad, and it's just the whole thing is nuts. But they never have a link to the site. They, you know, they've got videos and pictures, and you know, this thing is has CIA operation written all over it. So they bring in for this interview where Al Qaeda apparently is now on the web recruiting. They bring in a shill who was the a former assistant national intelligence secretary or advisor. I don't know a shill. And it's just a meme fest of idiocy. One of the most feared offshoots of Al-Qaeda is looking for a few good terrorists. (laughs) That's a throwback to a few good men. How'd you like that writing, everybody? Hey, 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 Bob, good writing on that intro. Thanks, buddy. Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula peninsula launched oh too bad he messed it up he couldn't he, can this guy not read an online ad campaign recruiting an online ad i think they bought the ad words in their online ad campaign google AdWords. suicide bombers to attack western targets senior correspondent john miller a former deputy director of national intelligence is with us this morning good morning john good morning, good morning. what do we know about this website and these posts well, this is the Shumak al-Islam website. This is one that we watch very closely. The oh, intelligence yeah. community watches it very closely. But also, key people in the world of terrorism watch it very closely. Oh, yeah. This start- Yeah, John, uh, do you watch this website very closely? We're in the world of terrorism. I never heard it. No, of course not. It's on June 3rd, when we first see a posting that says... Uh, the goals are, meaning the targets, mm-hmm. personalities or individuals who fight Islam and Muslims, economic targets, military targets, media targets. and <laughs> That means you, Gail. That was up there saying for lovers of martyrdom, for people who <laughs> want to kill themselves. This is their translation, by the way. This is their actual translation of whatever, of a site they don't link to. And it said you would deal directly with the Al-Qaeda leadership and their media committee to do your martyrdom videos. And <laughs> <laughs> This sounds like a Web 2.0 company, the way, the way he's translating To get it. the word out after you're attacked. Mm-hmm. Now, this was followed up in recent days in August by another posting. And that one really reinforced the message, you don't need passports or travel tickets to confront the enemy and kill them mm-hmm. as they are around you on your right and on your left. So what they're really saying there is, you don't need to come to Yemen. Al-Qaeda of the Arabian Peninsula doesn't need to train you. We can train you online with the instructions. It's a webinar, John. A webinar. It's a webinar. Al-Qaeda webinar, this apparently. bull crap. Yeah, I but know. your targets are Germany, France, oh. Great Britain, oh. and, of course, more oh. than anything, the United States. Yes, of course. Al-Qaeda of the Arabian Peninsula, that offshoot in Yemen, is the one that has the ticket direct from Osama bin Laden when he was live, saying, you take the lead in attacking the... Is that, I don't recall that. I don't recall Osama bin Laden giving the ticket to uh, Al-Qaeda in the uh, Arabian Peninsula. That, that, that's, uh, that doesn't ring true. It's bull crap. Yeah, well, duh. So far, mm-hmm. these ads have gotten 3,500 hits. So, What, is he looking at the server log? How does he know this? <laughs> because it's their their server, apparently. So it's generating what's, some... Exactly. Thank you. And what's a hit? Now listen. Does it seem odd? By the way, he's he's even... He's web.10. 1.0. Well, we still talked about hits. No, no, page views, douche. Or impressions, or how about the social graph? Can't you come up with anything better than hits? You know, they gotta, they gotta sack this guy. Not to you though, John, because it's so blatant, and, and we, we always think of Al Qaeda as such a security-conscious organization. Now listen to this. 
Well, this website is pretty security conscious. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, we put all the SSL certs in ourselves. Number one, you need to apply to get on. Then you are vetted by some very security conscious people who work there, checking your background and so on. What is it? Is this Symantec? I mean, who's running this outfit? And then if you do get it. Yeah, I know, but that's why it's important to listen to it, so people know it's bullcrap, and that this is three minutes of bullcrap. If you're not active all the time, if you're not in the discussions, if you don't sound like you know what you're talking about, if you're not fluent in Arabic... Where uh, was this played? CBS. The Compromise CBS. Take you Uh. off pretty quickly, because they're very wary about intelligence services, lurkers, and, and others, so... We also know there's been a number of attacks and significant things, including the attack on the CIA base uh, where people connected to this website um, were involved. So it's, it's got some credibility. Is there not a way, John, to shut the website down? That's the great debate, which is... No, no, we only do that for people who sell fake Rolexes and uh, torrents. If Al-Qaeda was torrenting their, uh, their, G- their martyrdom videos, we'd shut it down. But no, the great debate, we can't shut them down. Of course not, because... Why because? Do you take these off this... Without saying who, what government, this website has been taken down before, but they pop up very quickly on another server, sometimes in another country. Um, That's the nature of the Internet. But the real argument is, do you do better by collection of intelligence, by monitoring Uh, them to stop an attack, than you do by trying to knock them down? Maybe they should do that with the Rolexes, too. John Miller, thanks. To continue the propaganda. It's un- unconscionable, this bullcrap. And people will sit in their, in their, uh, at their breakfast tables looking at Gail going... Yeah, man. The Al Qaeda's, they're recruiting people that could be my neighbor. Well, let's get to something more interesting. <laughs> so, okay. how about uh, playing my clip, which I'm surprised you're, you didn't play? Which oh, is the U- uh, I'm only on the road driving through mud, but okay. Surprising. UK air traffic controller to BBC Four. Yeah, no, I, I found you know this. about this. Yeah, of course I know about this. Of course. But, you know, I, I just want to play it, I don't want to talk about it. Very quickly, my, my children asked me to ask you this question. Have you or any of your staff ever been unable to explain a flying object? <laughs> Excellent. Best question. <laughs> is there uh, a way you put it in the mouths of your children? Is, is, there even a, is there a procedure? Is there a procedure? Come on. Well, occasionally there are uh, objects that I identified that don't sort of conform to normal traffic patterns. I mean, not just from a UK point of view, but uh, from around the world. I have to say it's not something that occupies a huge amount of my time, though. Come on. That's a yes. Is that a yes? How many? Uh, that is a yes, uh, typically around one a month, something along those lines. One a month? This guy's a buzzing with UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Deakin, thank you very much. Yeah, why would, okay. I, why would I play that clip? Because I, know. I know this. Ah, okay, so let's skip this that whole discussion. All right. And let's move to the Russia Today people copying us. Okay. So there was a thing on Russia Today about Baluchistan. Baluchistan. Balochistan, which I think you brought up very early in the game. Yes, Balochistan, a very key uh, region in uh, Pakistan for the pipeline. For the, China, the Chiners and the yep. whole thing. Yep, 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 yep. So, I, so this woman comes out, some analyst, she's got a big map, and I've never seen her before, and everything she says was stolen from our show. Probably, what? And I'm not, I, I don't say this lightly, by the way. You know that I no, think no, most of that because to, to pull out the plagiarism card is something we typically reserve for idiots like Fareed Zakaria. So here we go. And then this is right about halfway through her talk. She drops this bomb. Halfway, this is, has RT yeah. been listening to N.A.? Got it. All powers have interests. And China... One of them, Baluchistan, is sitting at the crossroads of oil and gas 
pipelines coming from Central Asia, Iran, and elsewhere. The Iran-Pakistan pipeline, the Turkmenistan-Afghanistan-Pakistan-India uh, pipeline, not to mention that Baluchistan itself has its energy resources. Besides, its water port, and it's uh, right here, is the access point of Chinese for Chinese commercial shipping to the Indian Ocean and on to Africa. But all the violence and instability there doesn't make it an easy place for business. Investigative journalist Eric Dreitzer tells me some world powers might be interested in keeping it that way. First of all, we have uh, various indigenous terrorist organizations that uh, operate inside of Balochistan, the Baloch Liberation Army, Jundala, the Baloch Republican Army, Lashkari Taiba, just to name a few. Jundala is an organization that for decades has been focused on destabilization of Iran. Now, uh, the confluence of these various terrorist organizations, of course, is uh, not coincidental. This has a direct relation uh, to the interests of the United States and the Western powers vis-a-vis -vis blocking the Chinese, destabilizing Pakistan, and uh, part of waging their covert war against Iran in hopes of not just encircling that country, but to uh, collapse it from outside. Yeah, notice they don't mention Russia and Gazprom's uh, role in all of this. <laughs> no, that's what they leave out. But, this uh, is Russia today, which is turning into more and more of a propaganda machine. Well, let me so let me play part. Well, let me just say one thing on. about this woman. I think you should be delighted. You should be really, really happy because if I get killed, you can continue the show. It'll just be called Buzz Kill and Pussy Riot. It's going to be I'll fantastic. Tell you, the problem is I don't think this is her material, so she's probably useless <laughs> to put it. To yeah. put it mildly, play Pipeline Wars Part 2, and then I'll go on to the thing that closed the deal oh, no. after this next clip on what I think they're doing. Uh, pipeline Wars Part 2? Yeah. yeah. The U.S. government denies having any connection with Jundala and Baluch terrorist organizations. Although CIA memos leaked recently say the Israeli Mossad recruited Jundala members, quote, under the nose of U.S. intelligence officers, end of quote. As far as other terrorist groups, like the Baluch Liberation Front, there are a few people in U.S. Congress who expressed readiness to support the separation of Baluchistan from Pakistan. Uh, Hello, good morning. Three, three months ago on No Agenda. Like Dana Rohrbacher from the House of Representatives Committee on Foreign Affairs. Any bad, anything that's coming up right now that the Pakistanis don't like about our attitude is being caused by actions taken by their government. As far as who could benefit from instability in Balochistan, most experts say it's extremists of all kinds. Mainly uh, Al-Qaeda and its affiliates. Uh, and as well as the, the Taliban. They certainly have an interest in maintaining instability. But some also see Balochistan as a key square on the geopolitical chessboard. The United States knows they cannot compete with China economically or industrially, so they have to stunt China's development through these various subversive tactics. They're willing to engage with various terrorist networks that they've had for many, many years, if not decades, in order to try to make the Chinese stall in their economic development. So according to you, pipe wars are real. And creating instability is one of the instruments to gain advantage. But wouldn't it backfire 
terror, violence, instability? Terror. Um, could it backfire in terms of terrorist um, uh, reciprocation against the United States? This is entirely possible, but that didn't prevent the United States in the late 1970s from financing and supporting the Mujahideen against the Soviets. Allegations that some global powers may be stoking violence in a place like Balochistan for their geopolitical interests are quite disturbing and raises the question whether pipeline wars ah! are a reality. In Washington, I'm Ganesh Chekhan. Hey, a little credit wouldn't hurt Russia today. <laughs> wow. I knew that would get you. Uh, now, here's the thing that's funny. It doesn't work unless you bring in Gazprom and you, and you can really wrap these stories up with, yeah, it, with, with yeah. some drama. There's no drama. It's just a bunch of, oh, the U.S. is a bunch of troublemakers. This is not a story. This is not a, a, a narrative. This is RT trying their, their best to do propagandizing on behalf of their government, on behalf of Putin, with and half not the story. pulling it off. With half the story. Half the story, and it's so obvious that it's that it's crap. Oh. Now, here's the thing. You know, this no, no, is no clip. more. I can't handle more. No, I can't handle more. This, you have to listen to this. This is the clip. It's the RT uses the yeah, term. Yeah, I got it. I got you it. You got to hear this because no. when I heard it, no. nobody uses this term no. but us. You're not going to hurt me with this, are you? You're going to hurt me. Hit it. And smile for the CIA. The U.S. reportedly spies on its own, connecting all surveillance cameras nationwide. But tech experts fear ah! the systems being abused. Nobody uses that term. All right, all right, Mr. Oil. I know you're listening. Please parse the logs. If if anything comes from the Russia Today offices in Washington D.C., we need to block that access because look, the way this show works, you can it's open source. You can do whatever you want. People make products, they make challenge coins, they make stickers, they make apps, and then they toss us a nickel, a shekel or two. How about some of those Putin rubles, baby? Come on, don't be a freaking boner. I don't care if you steal our material, techno experts, pipeline wars. <sighs> now, I normally, as you know, because I have defended this... You know, this process over the years saying that's bullshit. Nobody's stealing our material that way. That's not stolen. It's just coincidence. There's no This one. is totally stolen. Blatant. Blatant. I mean, normally I take this as a compliment, but that's not how our model works. The, you know. Yeah, where's that oligarch money? Yeah. How about that rich guy who owns the New Jersey Nets? That guy. <laughs> Ibrahimovic. He sent us like a million dollars and he wouldn't even notice. And we're just handing them their show prep, and then of course they blow it because they don't they don't have the backstory. They don't know what the techno expert thing where it stems from. Oh. They just throw it out because it sounds good. Right, it's terrible. They, Russia today is really. By the way, they're going through just a ton of different hosts, uh, hostesses. They're right. just going. There. Okay. I've never seen the same one twice. Well, and, and look, and they can solve that too. If yes, they, hire us, hire the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group, and then we'll, we'll at least help you. We'll we'll bleach him. We'll give him better I, no, names. You know, I think like, the problem is, I think they got the word that we're we're into the blonde theory. Oh, they don't like that. I haven't seen a blonde on that show. The guy who is the producer, the guy who's the head of <laughs> Russia today, obviously has a has some has a thing a for brunettes thing about brunettes. brunettes. Oh, that is just so unconscionable. Well, that's not okay. Well, all right, let me let me give them their next show prep. 
Hello, hello, Russia Today. Pay t- this is the, the dog whistle for the Russian. Hello, Russia Today. Uh, here's your next show prep. Okay, uh, I'll give it to you. This is it's a it's a gimme, and you watch and they'll and they'll they're going to use this. So uh, before uh, Michelle Bachman, which is not just Michelle Bachman, but actually uh, the Intelligence Committee, Congressional Committee, said, "Hey, you know, uh, we have a few questions about Homa Abedin, Homa Abedin, not Huma Abedin, Homa Abedin, uh, who is Hillary Clinton's." Uh, and and the people ask, they don't know why we call her Clippity Clop. You know, she if you ever listen to her walking in her high heels. You actually hear her hooves uh, clicking on the marble of uh, the State Department. So that's why she's clippity-clop. And uh, so we have questioned uh, way before anyone else came up with this uh, if she might be an Islamist with an agenda mainly uh, of the Muslim Brotherhood. And I have yet another little chunk here that has uh, that you will not hear on Russia Today until after this program is posted. Apparently... And we have some uh, some actual uh, uh, archive.org Wayback Machine proof of this. When Homa Abedin returned to the United States uh, around 96, she simultaneously landed a job working for uh, Hillary Clinton, but also the Institute of Muslim Minority Affairs, known as the IMMA. And she joined the Muslim Students Association Executive Board, and you can see in uh, in the show notes at 436.nashownotes.com that she um, uh, was the, oh, I have to get the picture here. Uh, she was, I think, the associate director. And this Muslim Students Association is a 100% bona fide Muslim Brotherhood front group. And I could go through all the documentation, and I could uh, show you how it works, which you can follow for yourself. But I thought it would be more interesting to play a piece from uh, the Muslim Brotherhood uh, um, fronted Muslim Student uh, Student Association. Uh, there was uh, this one guy, Amir Abu Malik, and he um, presented at a conference of the MSA, of which Homa Abedin was an executive director assistant executive director, and he ends his... And remember, this is about cultural jihad. This is not about killing people. It's cultural jihad to change the ways of the West, which I am really starting to believe that this is something that is for real. So they do a prayer at the end of their meeting. And I think that... Uh, and the prayer is in English. I think that we should listen to the prayer... And uh, and see if uh, if we feel like this has uh, core American values. Does that sound fair, John? I'm all ears. Let's recite it along with him. Well, I don't want to go that far. No, I will. The brothers and sisters who are here. You know, we have brothers and sisters who are here today amongst us, who some of their like their their family is like locked up on secret evidence. And we say to y'all, hang in there. Hang in there. Hang in there. And we will continue to make dua for you. All right. And don't give up. All right. And we have to embrace them. Let's do the prayer. And not kick them to the curb. We have to embrace them. Y'all go back and get to work. We will end with the Pledge of Allegiance. All right. And so you will repeat after me, inshallah. Allah is my Lord. Allah is my Lord. 
Islam is my life. Islam is my life. The Quran is my guide. The Quran is my guide. The Sunnah is my practice. The Sunnah is my practice. Jihad is my spirit. Jihad is my spirit. Righteousness is my character. Righteousness is my character. And paradise is my goal. And paradise is my goal. For I enjoin what is right. For I enjoin what is right. I forbid what is wrong. I forbid what is wrong. I will fight against oppression. I will fight against oppression. And I will die to establish Islam. Hell yeah! I will, I will die, die, to, I establish will die Islam. to establish Islam. Hello, everybody. Okay, now, so give us that again. Where is that from? The Muslim Students Association, of which Homa Abedin was an associate director. This is their prayer at the end of their little conference. Well, that's pretty damn good. That, that I, I, I'm sorry that you gave me clip of the day for that annoying clip. So I'm going to do a double clip of the day. A double clip of the day. Thank you very much. That's very kind. Clip of the day. (laughs) Yeah. A gem. That's a gem. I mean, it's just. That's uh, why people listen to this show so that they can go, what? What? I will die. I will die. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, I'm just saying. She is the uh, assistant staff director for Hillary Clinton she is the body man as uh, as they call it in uh, the Washingtons and there's a lot of this man there's the Muslim Public Affairs Council it has the Hollywood Bureau they have a music video which is kind of funny i was going to i was going to play that for ender show clip but you want to do something else right for ender show you want to do the Assange mom blast uk thing well you could play the blast and then play the music clip and then play a couple of the uh, <laughs> you know other things and we're out of here cuz you you've been doing i want to give you kudos on the air for doing great little mix up, mix-ups, mashups, whatever at you want end, to call yeah. them, by advertising at the very end <laughs> advertising of the show. <laughs> You've done a good job. Okay, so we have uh, uh, Julian Assange's mom blasting the UK. Let me just make sure I got it all lined up here for my, for my excellent mini-mix. Uh, followed by the Muslim uh, Public Affairs Council Hollywood Bureau, which is a rap video uh, denouncing Republicans and conservatives' view of Muslims, which, of course, is reverse psychology. I just thought it was funny. You, you, actually, you have to see the video because the guy is just a total douche. Um, and, um, well, that'll do it. And then uh, on Thursday, uh, we hopefully will be back in Texas, in Austin. And uh, we will... And we let the rain we, stick we let rip. The, we rip the rain stick. And I'm very excited about that because I really have a feeling we have some power. This, I mean, it is just possible, John, that we have a magical rain stick. It's, it, it's, it's not beyond it's, the realm. We'll of, see. I'll tell you what. If the rain stick works, then I will become a believer in the Mars probe. Because then, any, then any challenging fate. I mean, then, what is this? Then anything is possible. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, everybody, we have the No Agenda producer update coming with Ms. Mickey, Mr. Oil, Gitmo Slave, and a cast of thousands on the stream, noagendastream.com. Uh, stay tuned for that. I think you'll like it. Uh, get a totally different perspective uh, on the trip, which could be very different from the way I uh, perceived it, particularly the manly off-roading we did, which I could not have done without my uh, co-pilot, Ms. Mickey, on the maps. And are you doing the, the tweets today, John? Not that I know of. Oh, my God. This is weird. Hmm. Okay. Well, then I don't have to watch. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation Christmas in my salsa. 
in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on our way back to Austin Tejas, back to Camp Mofo. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I wish you a happy drive home, and where east meets west, I'm John C. Dvorak. (laughs) We'll be back on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. Uh, has nearly exposed the UK as nothing but a puppet state of the US. And now they're willing to work at the behest of the US government to silence the free press. All WikiLeaks has ever done was to expose corruption, rorting, war crimes, fraud, etc. Can we just, uh, uh, from a, uh, if you don't mind, can we just concentrate what might happen next? What do you think, what does he think might actually happen next? Well, you'll have to ask him what he thinks. But nobody knows what's going to happen next because obviously the British government is not willing to adhere not only to its own legal statutes regarding the, the law, for example, European arrest warrant should have been knocked back because it was questioning, because of questioning, but it doesn't appear to have any respect for international law or declaration of human rights. So if, so if nothing changes, basically he's stuck there in the London embassy, isn't he? And until perhaps Ecuador has a change of heart or maybe a change of government, and that could end quite badly for him. Hang on a minute. Maybe the UK needs a change of government. Ecuador has done the right thing here. Ecuador is a, is a standing by its signatory to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Article 17, which is, by the way, the highest level of appeal possible. And this was a wrong statement that the UK government by Hague has a binding obligation. That is absolute rubbish. Uh, The the UK government uh, is an executive arm. Uh, It it overrides the UK courts. When when, uh, uh, Baldassar Gossant tried to extradite Pinochet, a South American dictator with blood on his hands, the courts allowed the extradition but the UK government overruled it to let him free. What does the UK government stand for these days? It certainly doesn't stand for justice or truth. That's obvious to the whole I'm world. I'm conservative, and I'm more American than the bounce pass. This is the Conservative's Guide to Understanding Muslims. Here are the talking points. Step one, every Muslim is an Arab. That's a fact, dude. We gotta stay on them. Tattooed, sometimes they're disguised as black dudes. Step two, all terrorists are Muslim. Yep, plain truth. Let's kick them out. And the gays, too. Y'all in American, I'm Babe Ruth. Step three, Islam is violence. If they're acting all nice, they're lying. The Quran is propaganda. You can't explain that. Like science. Step four, what exactly is Sharia law? Not in my country. No justice, no judges. They want a lie to be a law. Hell no. Let me tell you what I think of you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you because you're unfamiliar. The ignorance is so bliss, it makes me want to kill you. Now it's a fact, we're the United States of Christians. That was a forefather's mission. Step five, don't trust them. Citizens arrest, just cuff them. If you're looking at you strange, or you can't say his name, Muslim. Step six, they hate women. Stoned to death, no forgiveness. Can't talk, can't do business. Got them locked in a cage like pigeons. Step seven. There's a quote from the 30 second, so we should probably listen. The only thing we have to fear is Muslims. So lock them up in prison. Step eight. 
they hate They said there was no Jesus trying to deceive us like the serpent Go ahead, eat it I hate you, I hate you, I hate you Cause you're unfamiliar The ignorance is so bliss It makes me wanna kill ya Now it's a fact What are you not instinct to Christians? That was our forefathers' mission Now that all those misconceptions are cleared up If you still aren't sure if you know enough about Muslims Don't worry about it You do No need to read As usual. And I will die to establish Islam. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.